here we go. Alrighty, we've all been into a relationship at some point in our lives, right? And if you haven't, I'm so sorry for you guys. But we've all had that uh, plus or minus experience, right? We've all had like that successful finding where we find our true loves. And then there's also the negative side of relationships where we fail at it miserably, which leaves us frustrated. And so today's episode, we're going to talk about relationships in three phases. Okay, we're going to talk about family influence and background, relationship versus technology, and the ever-controversial interrelation, interrelation, interracial relations. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. So get ready, buckle up, and we're going to get talking. Let's start this. Guys at Roundtable starts now. Welcome to Guys of the Roundtable, a show where no stone goes unturned. Grab a chair and join us at the table. Here's your host, Vladimir Jean Philippe. special guest her name is mariah solomon i hope i said hey. that correctly <laughs> yes you did you did not have to be crazy specific you did well thank you <laughs> well i'm glad i got that right but today we got mariah solomon with us and she has her own podcast and my cousin alan has introduced me to her saying that she has very interesting points in her podcast and i have very philosophical points in mind and that we should put our heads together and create one solid podcast and just tackle some issues around the world. And today we're just going to tackle relationships. So I want her to introduce herself a little bit to you guys to give her, you know, just to kind of give you a general idea of what she's about. And uh, I'm going to shut up now so she can talk. Go ahead, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your introduction. That was absolutely sweet. Oh, you are also welcome. Uh, no problem there. So I am, like he said, my name is Mariah. I am from the Northeast um oh geez i've grown up in brooklyn new york all my life um i have a very very diverse background not only racially but just like living i don't know if that's a thing um, it is <laughs> it is for this purpose it's a thing <laughs> <laughs> thank you you're welcome um it's so, so pretty much i i don't even know where to start i have a sales background of like almost i want to say darn near almost 20 years of sales experience and marketing and advertising and I've got culinary experience. I've got all types of crazy stuff under my belt, but we will explore that together. Enough about me. I am very, very eager to get to these topics. What do you think? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm eager to get into them as well because <laughs> like every conversation that I've ever had in my life has revolved around a couple of things. One of okay. them is being relationships. The second being sex. And third is about how crazy this world is. Right? And oh, so. Oh, gosh. Regular conversation. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> but, no one um, ever talks about the weather anymore. Well, today the weather was beautiful, to be honest with you. It was, <laughs> it was nice in 75. I got to wear my hoodie. It was a slight little breeze coming in from the Northwest, I believe. But <laughs> See? No. Look at us being adults. <laughs> right? But uh, see, it is possible, ladies and gentlemen, you can be adults. But um, mm -hmm. those are the three things that I mostly talk about. And for me personally, I talk about a lot. I talk a lot about like philosophical things, right? Like, 
the what ifs and the whatnots and how to solve them. So I, I take a lot of the world's ills and just kind of throw them out there and just to see what's going on. But lately, a lot of uh, my attention has been going towards relationships. And a lot of people has been mainly talking about relationships, about like how in the good old days, relationships were more solid and more concrete uh, concrete and whatnot. Mm. And I thought about this and I'm just kind of like, has it though? I mean, let's be real. Like, if we really look at the relationship back then versus now, it's really not that different in my opinion, right? Um, the okay. divorce rates were pretty still, were still pretty high. It's just that they were not as common because it took a lot longer to get a divorce back then than it does now. Because we do live in the technology age where it's instant everything, correct? So divorces correct. are quicker. Um, relationships, startups, and breakups are quicker. Um, to find somebody is a lot faster because literally you turn on your phone and you can find somebody to, to have sex with that night. If you're a female, True. if you're a guy, you got to wait a couple of days. But <laughs> Well, well, those couple of days, man, it kills you. <laughs> Trust That's me, it kills you. <laughs> but, but, um, and then also the ever so uh, controversial, and I don't understand why it's controversial because it's 2019, so everybody needs to get the hell out of their, you know, get their head out their asses. But interracial couples, right? So those are the three things that we're going to hit up today. So I want to first kind of get into the quote-unquote good old days of relationships and kind of get your ideas first and then just kind of bounce like ping-pong it a little bit to see where your mind is and then we can just go from there so for me i don't think the good old days were just as good or if not better than today i think both genres had their pluses and minuses i guess you could say the pros and cons Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. for me i think um relationships are just relationships there's no good old days there's no good old times there's no used to be this it used to be that i think relationships has always been and always will be about the individual's willingness to put in effort and i don't know how you feel but i'll let you go ahead no i um you're absolutely right it is definitely willingness and it's definitely effort the one thing that I absolutely give our, I guess, our forefathers to relationships, the one thing I do give them credit for is mm-hmm. um, one thing that we discredit them for, which is creating traditional habitual um, rituals, I guess, if you want to call it. And what I mean by that is the traditional ritual of having conversations. Now, see, me and you are having a conversation right now. We're delivering yep. ideas. Our ideas are going to differ because we're two different people. But guess what? Neither of us are yelling at each other. Neither of us are not yet anyway. (laughs) Well, who can say in the next fifteen minutes? But I. But even if we did start yelling at each other, even if we did have a difference, we Mm -hmm. already have a common ground, so where we can kind of resolve that. Now that's something. Those resolution properties. That is something that I give our elders over us. They have a lot of resolution strategies that they didn't really teach all of us, or maybe we were just too arrogant to learn them, let's just say. But I know that from growing up with my grandparents, which a lot of my generation did, a lot of my generation was were latchkey kids. So mm-hmm. our parents were working and we stayed at home either by ourselves or we went to grandparents' house, right? Mm, so yep. a lot of those resolution strategies that we learn when having conversations with your family, with your friends, or in a relationship, we learn them from our grandparents because that's what they had the time to teach us how to do. So now if you were growing up in a situation where you were a complete latchkey kid 
and you didn't spend those time with your elders or with a parent or with an uncle or somebody like that, you may not have gotten those res resolution strategic, you know, phrases and terms that can help change a conversation from a negative one into a positive one. So now that's going to reflect in your relationship. Um, so that's one thing that I give them over us. One okay. thing, of course, that I don't give them over us is things like domestic violence was higher. Mm, um, yep, you know, yep. rape within relationships was higher. Um, you know, they didn't get divorced as much. They claim that they didn't get divorced as much as we do. Yeah, but that's because they had religious guilt linked to getting divorced. Okay, so, that's a good point. That's a good you point know what I mean? Right that's mm -hmm. some, those things are some things that we don't necessarily have as much. They are still there. The conversations still come up. Trust me, I have a couple of friends dealing with religious guilt right now in their relationships. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're right. There are certain things that we have now that they don't. And there are certain things that they have then that we don't do anymore. Hmm. And that's interesting that you brought up the uh, the guilt, the religious guilt part, because I never thought about that, to be honest with you, at all mm -hmm. in any of my relationship talks, because I never. Well, personally, I've, I'm not really a religious guy, so um, I have plenty <laughs> of podcasts uh, explaining why, but I've, I've never really. To those. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I've never really gave it a thought like, you know, that the religious guilt aspect of things is what kept the. Uh, relationships going back then as well and also the fact that the domestic violence was a little bit higher and whatnot um mm -hmm. I, I guess it was more like a stigmatized thing back then you know um because it's like when you really think about it back then it was just like there was the traditional gender roles right men mm -hmm. went to work women stayed at home and i i know bringing that up is going to spark some triggered i guess trigger some <laughs> folks today but i don't care all right <laughs> i really don't but the traditional gender roles it's like you know the women stayed at home the men went to work right and so the women really didn't have anywhere to go, so to speak, I guess you could say, when they were getting domestic violence. Like, who would they turn to? They would turn to their girlfriends, but then, you know what I mean, They the girlfriends could only help so much. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if they stepped out of line, then the husband would beat them some more. And I guess they would resort mm -hmm. to, I guess, poisoning their husbands or, <laughs> you know, the, the husbands <laughs> mysteriously <laughs> would mysteriously, mysteriously die. Or just, yeah, you know. He was eating dinner. He just fell over the plate. And I didn't know what happened. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? But nah, it's like back then it was high. Now, I don't know per se what the actual, uh, I, I guess you could say academic research behind the reasonings are. You know what I mean? Because I just have my assumptions and I just assume that the women didn't really have much place to go because their place was in quote-unquote the kitchen you know what right. i mean was to take care of home and if you are not safe at home where else could you go to if you're not safe at home so maybe sure. they went to their parents house or whatever but the idea that they gave uh grandparents gave us the resolution uh what do you what you called it again the resolution oh my gosh i came up with a whole nice term and i, <laughs> I, I just I, oh my god that was so bad okay the uh, resolution skills like re like strategic resolution skills is what i Boom. said I, what, okay sure. <laughs> well we could always go back after the podcast to get that and then make an addendum but please <laughs> I don't listeners please rewind <laughs> To, you know, correct me on what I said, please. But the strategic resolution skills is something that's really important as well, too, because mm -hmm. uh, I'm learning these things with my current girlfriend, right? Okay. Like, I'm learning how to resolve conflicts because mm -hmm. it used to be when I get mad, I'd cuss you out, 
and then I just not talk to you for a while, right? I play these Same. stupid games. You know what I mean? I played these dumbass games where, okay, I'm not going to talk to you for a couple of days or I'm not going right. to say, you know what I mean? I'm going to cuss you out and then not talk to you for two, three days because that's mm-hmm. how I thought you resolve conflict, right? You make the other person, you guilt the other person into saying, I'm sorry first, and then you come in and then it's like, it's okay. <laughs> right, 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 you know what I'm right. saying? So that's how like, I used to deal with my stuff. But I've over the years, um, well, yeah, over the years, I've picked up on how to communicate with her, right? She's told me, like, look, if you have an issue with me, I'd rather you talk to me about these issues and go into your little shell thing and being, you know, all mopey, mopey Vlad or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, huh, okay. And I tried it and it worked. So I've learned, okay, if I'm upset, speak my piece and then we'll get everything solved out. If I don't speak my piece, we can't solve the situation. So I learned those skills through her because she's very traditional in her um, upbringing, right? And I'm very traditional mm-hmm. in mine. So that's why we kind of clicked together. But a lot of these folks today don't have that skill. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, maybe it is because we're latchkey kids and we spent a lot of the time on our own and, you know, just doing our own thing. But I, I kind of bring this question to you is, if we do have, like, if we are latchkey kids and we do spend a lot of time on our own and, you know, we had to learn conflict, uh, conflict resolution, don't you think we've learned these things through socializing with our friends and um, cousins or aunties or whatever? Because it's the same thing, essentially, because you're on your own, though, but you're mm-hmm. hanging out with somebody else and then you're picking up the social cues from them. So wouldn't you pick up those kind of social cues from your friends? <laughs> Here's the thing. I- I'm just going to demolish that whole idea real quick. Um, I'm so sorry about that. Please forgive me. No no apologies needed. Just go ahead and demolish it. (laughs) Here's the thing. (laughs) When it comes to learning things from your friends, if your friends were not taught the proper ways, there's nothing for you to have a good example on. So if you're growing Mm. up in a group of latchkey kids, what do you have to learn? What other experiences do you have? Now, too... Learning something from an adult is one thing, but mm-hmm. tell me how many times that you've actually spoken to a friend of yours growing up and are like, yo, that friend thinks that they know everything. They think that they're just, you know, top notch. They know oh, more I've than me. Oh, I've had plenty of those so friends. I'm not... Thank you. So, and I've been that. I am that friend. I'm the oh, friend that, that is always trying to help my friends and always trying yeah. to give them a little bit of guidance. And half of them are like, well, actually, I won't say half. I'll say a good three quarters of them are like, if I have a problem, I'm going to go talk to Mo. She listens. She understands. We have a great conversation. We bounce ideas off of each other and everything is good. I do have a quarter of friends that are like, F you, Mo, because you think you know it all and go to hell. You know what oh, I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, yeah. it's just like, you know what I mean? You would expect to be able to be around your peers, but that goes back to what we're saying about relationships. If you don't know how to resolve conflicts, if you don't know that strategic resolution, you know, conversational skills that we're talking about, then how can you even have a conversation with your friends and resolve a hard conversation? Nevertheless, somebody brand new that you love. The nice thing about friends is that they come and go, and a lot of times they stay. You guys might have a falling out, but your friends will stay. But in a relationship, you have a falling out, and if you don't know how to deal with it properly, they're gone. That's very true. Okay, so that's a good point, and uh, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, though. But here's my counter-argument, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you said that you were that friend that was kind of like, you know, the quote-unquote know-it-all or the, you know, give-advice friend. I'm kind of that friend. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I, not that you, the way that you explain it, I'm that person as well. But okay. at the same time, a lot of my friends are like, thank you for your word, uh, your words of wisdom, because, you know, mm-hmm. that's, ain't that what friends are? Well, ain't that what true friendship is about is helping your Amen. friends grow to be better human beings. So Agreed. won't they be, you know what I mean? So would it be beneficial then to just at least have that conversation with them? Of course. I'm not saying don't have the conversation with them. I'm not saying don't share with your friends. I'm not saying don't do any of those things. But if you're not in a place in yourself to receive the information, you're going to reject it no matter what. And that's That's something that's an ability that I was taught to do. That's not something that I came up with an epiphany and I was like, oh, I'm a genius. I'm going to listen to my friends when they talk to me. No, my grandparents and my parents and my aunts and my older siblings, they taught me how to accept advice. That's a skill, (laughs) being able to listen to someone and take the good out of what they're saying and ignore maybe the parts that maybe make you feel, uh uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, she might be having some technical difficulties going on there. So, yeah, but still, though, it's like, wouldn't you think then, then, uh, I don't know how I wanted to phrase this, but like, if they're a good friend, though, and you're trying to help them, wouldn't they want to accept that help? And if not, then, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're not in a position to accept the help, then that's on you. You know what I mean? Then that means you're the person who's the problem in a uh, in the relationship, isn't it? Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. I'm back. Um, <laughs> a little bit of technical difficulty there, but no, it is. And and you're absolutely right with what you were saying about um about yes, it is on you. But at the same time of the day, it's just like with any other life skill. If you don't know how to receive bad news the same way that you receive good news, you're never going to grow. If you can't manage your mistakes properly by taking good advice from your friends, by learning so so on and so forth, you're Mm -hmm. never going to be able to grow. And the same thing goes back into relationships. If you don't know how to learn from the mistakes that you made in relationships, because what's wrong with making a mistake in a relationship? Nothing. There is nothing wrong. And see, we don't justify each other enough to do that. There's let's, nothing let's wrong that. with making hypothetically. Okay. There's hypothetically, there's nothing wrong with making a mistake in a relationship. There's because nothing because we're gonna wrong, hit that. Right? Up. We're gonna hit this up in a little bit because we there's are. some people that really think that like you have to have the absolute perfect relationship at all you times. So and you don't. Yeah, but so how can you? How can you have a perfect relationship with with one person all the time? It's not about the mistake that you made. It's about how you handled it and how you corrected it. There's no way just meeting someone that you're going to know everything about them right away. You're not going to know every one of their wants, every one of their needs. That is a learning process that can take years, decades even, because we change as people every day. So the same things I thought three years ago are not the same things I thought today. The same things I thought about breakfast this morning are not going to be the same things I think about breakfast tomorrow. (laughs) So how in God's green earth are you going to, am I going to expect another person to know everything about me, know all my ins and outs right away and not screw up? So it's not about the screw up. It's about how we handle it and how we move forward. Now to revise that statement, if, you already have premeditated information that the mistake that you could possibly make can hurt the other person, then you're a douche. That's different. So don't, because okay, if I sit up here and I tell you 
if you cheat on me, I am leaving you, and you decide mm. to cheat on me, you're you're just a douche. But okay. if we never have that conversation and I don't tell you, oh, I hate, um, I if I never tell you, oh, I hate when you badmouth my family, if I just continue just to let you do it, but I tell you after which, okay, that hurts my feelings. Now is your opportunity to say, okay, that was a mistake because she mm -hmm. just told me after which that hurt her feelings. Now it's my time to mend. And now is my time to say, you know, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and we're going to fix this. Whereas there are some things that just come with the territory in a relationship. Everyone knows, for the most part, cheating is bad, so don't mm -hmm. do it. But you may not know that bad-mouthing a family member, even though they're a jerk, to that person, it may hurt them. That's not something you know off the bat. That's things that you learn. Well, yeah, and also when you have the predisposition information, like with the whole cheating thing, there's a whole other fact. Uh, That's a whole other conversation. Well, yeah, because I have my <laughs> issues on that as well. I mean, I'm not the one to, to, to cheat, but I kind of want people to understand why people cheat. And that's mm -hmm. why I talk about cheating and whatnot. But realistically, cheating is just a biological aspect of men that they, they just have this need to just go reproduce everywhere. It's not necessarily like, you know, what I mean, they're looking for something new. Although it could be different. You know what I mean? Not every situation is the same. But that's well, a, like now, a whole other topic. That is well, going to be another podcast because <laughs> women have an urge to cheat that they don't talk about either. So that is a whole other podcast. That is very true, too. <laughs> I, I've kind of learned that one uh, as I grew up as well, too, because my girlfriend kind of kind of brought me to that. It's like, well, if you cheat, I can cheat. I'm just like, ah, that's not how it works. But OK. <laughs> but it's also the communication aspect of things, too. But I, I joke around with that, but it, it's I don't do that. You know what I mean? I'm not that type of dude to do that. I'm a one-person uh, relationship kind of guy. You know what I mean? But you better go ahead I, and save yourself. That was a nice well, save. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm nice good at save. that. I'm, a great, I'm great at that. You have no idea how good I'm at. But <laughs> with, that being said, with that being said, though, even though the person does have the predisposition to the information, of like saying if you cheat i'm gone and they decide to go do it you know what i mean it's like i i i still think there's some things in that relationship that could still be worth talking about and try to salvage at least you know what sure. i mean it's not like I, I don't think it's one of those like i hate these cut and dry things in relationships where it's like okay mm -hmm. if you do x i'm gonna leave if you do y f you i'm gone you know what i mean like these hard boundaries are kind of like to me, are kind of like weird, but I understand the need for them, but I don't think they're necessary to make a relationship strong. True. Well, that's just like, you know, a conversation that people have about religion. No one's sitting here saying about the Bible to do everything the Bible says word for word. But that's most true. pastors and priests will tell you to use it as a guideline for your everyday life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So which, and that's fair. So if I, as a, you know, as a woman or as a, you know, in a relationship and I'm giving you, you know, things that, you know, these are kind of my guidelines and you're right. If people do need to give each other a little bit more room, we do need mm -hmm. to give each other a little room to mess up because again, mistakes are good because if you manage mistakes properly, they'll help you grow. And I think that the issue is, and this segues right into what we're about to talk about next is uh -huh. these insta relationships these oh insta God, yeah. relationships that basically proclaim if i don't have what i want how i want when i want it then i'm not gonna do it so having guidelines is fine just like how women have their list of what i want a man to be 
really yeah. not fully knowing themselves yet, by the way. I will definitely shout out women for that. You women out there that are writing those <laughs> lists of what I want in a man and barely know yourself, shame on you. But, it's, it's not pathetic. It's kind of, it's messed up in my opinion, but go ahead. No, it's pathetic. It's disgusting. Like you <laughs> are not allowed to ask for anything in this world until you know yourself. Okay. Just stop That's that. That's a fair enough point. So with that said, and I'm saying it because I'm a woman, because I know that men are scared to say it, but. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not scared to say it. <laughs> oh, trust with me. That. I have, oh, trust me. I am not afraid to say it, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I was talking about our listeners. Like, I'm just oh, giving our you. listeners okay. the uh, okay. the segue into saying that. And they could be like, well, Mariah said it, so and she's a woman, so it must be true, right? <laughs> so, so it's like, you. it's good to have guidelines. But mm-hmm. giving somebody a list of rules and saying, if you break one of these rules, do you know how much anxiety that can give a person? Like, I, I mean, we talk about mental health and anxiety and things like that nowadays. How much anxiety are you going into relationship if you don't fit a criteria? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I definitely understand. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you the amount of anxiety that I went through in one of my relationships because we started a relationship and, well, actually, we restarted a relationship. Now, here I go okay. telling it myself. We restarted our relationship after being broken up. And, you know, I was just like, I just want you to work on your character, not really character flaws. This wasn't how I rephrased it. I was just like, I just would like you to work on your anger management and, you know, your tone when you speak to me. Because, you know, what you're saying is good. And this is what I said. I said, what you're saying is usually good, but how you say it is demeaning. So Mm. I would like you to work on those skills for you. So, you know, what he turns around and tells me. What's that? He says, I would like you to go to the gym more. Oh, I would like you to work on maintaining your weight. Now, when I first heard it, I was Mm -hmm. at a point in my life where I was like, I do need to be healthy. So, you know, that's awesome. But that over time, but no, he said it very kindly. So I'm not going to denote it for that. But over time, when life got in the way, I'm not able to get to the gym every day I used to. We have a child, so now I'm putting on a little bit of weight because we have a child. You know, Mm -hmm. work gets in the way, careers get in the way. So the gym goes onto the back burner. Now I'm panicking because I'm like, my relationship is about to fall away away because I feel like I'm too fat for you. So Mm. it's just like those guidelines, we don't know how much damage we can do to a person's psyche by putting those, that list up on top of them. Okay. So pretty much what you're saying is from the good old days, and this is just me tying it in, is that the idea of having the expectations of a relationship is what is missing in today's uh, modernized relationships is what you're essentially saying. Well, yes, those, I mean, just those, those communication skills is really what we're missing nowadays. And I know that that sounds stupid saying communication skills when everyone communicates. We're not lacking, we're not lacking communications. Let me rephrase that. We're not lacking communication. I'm speaking to you on a computer right now. We just text on Facebook Messenger. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, I got a text message on my cell phone, phone call on my cell phone. So we're communicating. But it it is is the conflict resolution skills that we're specifically missing out of communication that's not helping. Mm, That's a good point right there. And I think that from the good old days is what we're missing in today's uh, current modernized relationship. Because you bring up some really good points in your um, when you were talking is that we don't have the problem solving skills like we used to have. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I remember 
Um, I'm going to kind of be open here and whatnot. I, I remember when my mom was going to a situation with my stepdad. Um, my stepdad kind of stepped out on my mom. And, you know, mm. it was one of those situations where I was a freshman in college and I was just pissed off when I heard about this. This was years ago. Um, I heard about this first. When I first heard about this news, I was mad, right? I was just like, yo, I need to go home and beat this man's ass because he Gosh. stepped out on my mom. You know what I mean? And so I didn't realize as I got older and I grew up and I started realizing the biological needs of a man and a woman and how they're different. I started to realize, okay, he wasn't really in the wrong. I mean, it was wrong, but he, <laughs> the, <laughs> I, I don't, okay. How do I save myself without sounding like an asshole without getting in trouble I'm, with my girl? I'm trying but, to figure out where you're going <laughs> and I would help you. I want to well, help. No, okay. I understand why he why he did what he did. I understand it from a biological male's perspective, right? Because as a man, you have certain needs that when they're not being met, you kind of go elsewhere for them, right? Sexual needs and whatnot. So I, I understand why he did it. Once I get that thought process solidified, I'll you know I'll bring it back up. But okay. my first reaction was to be like mad about it, right? So as I was talking to my mom about it, and my mom was obviously hurt because that's any natural response to being stepped out on is you're hurt. You feel, you feel hurt, you feel betrayed and you want to, I don't know. You you just feel bad. Right? So my mom cried, she did her thing. But then as I talked to her, like a week later, she was just kind of like very forgiving. And I was just kind of listening to her talk. And she's like, well, you know, we've been together for like 20 some odd years, 30 some odd years. I don't know exactly how long they've been. I have to sit down and do math, but (laughs) <laughs> They've been together for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, okay. So this is conflict resolution. Like my mom just kind of was just like, look, they talked it out. She gave him her pe- a piece of her mind. And trust me, if you know my mom, she gave him a piece Ooh. of her mind. <laughs> but she, they also talked about it. They also talked about what led to the situation, why it happened and how it happened. And my mom was just like, okay, so what can I do to make it better? They had that conversation and they resolved it and that's when my mom told me that don't be mad don't try to fight him it's settled we took care of it i was like wait what and then i had a conversation with my mom and it's like look sometimes in a relationship things are going to happen and you have two choices either move on or forgive and move or forgive and forget you know what i mean and so she decided to forgive not forget but she she decided to forgive and i didn't understand the phrase of forgiveness because i just thought it was one of those things where it's just like okay you say sorry and then you just move on about it but it's one of those things it's just like you understand why it happened what led to that situation and then you just have a discussion about it and then you just kind of like okay well it happened let's not have this happen again how do we move on from there and i didn't know that and then now I'm learning, okay, this is relationship problem solving skills. And as I like listen to my mom, talk to my stepdad about that. And then she told me about that. I'm starting to see relationships these days and they don't have those kind of re- resolution skills in the relationship. It's like, as soon as something does not go right, everybody wants to leave. Right. right. Like that's why the divorce right. rates are so high. It's like, everybody's like, well, you know, it said till death do his part, but he's not doing his part in uh, looking after me when I'm sick. So I need to divorce him. And it's just like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> you know what right, I'm saying? But so, maybe they just don't know how. Like a lot of people yeah. just don't know how to do certain things. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, you're good. And you're right. Some people don't know how. But and then the best way they know how is to just leave and start afresh. You know what I mean? But when you brought up the uh, ridiculous list that women have, and trust me, I hate those lists just as much as you do because I think it's the mm-hmm. dumbest shit on earth. It's like I've, I 
before I met my girlfriend, I remember I dated this chick. And she had this list. Like, she literally pulled out this piece of paper <laughs> on the mi- oh, in the gosh. middle of our date and started asking me questions. And I looked at her like, bitch, is you serious? You know what I mean? And if most people that know me know exactly that's what I said out loud to right. her face. Right? Right. <laughs> and so she's like, yes, I need to make sure that you fit everything on this piece of paper. If not, then I need to leave. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor, and I'm just going to leave right now. I'm going to eat this meal. I'm going to pay for my meal. You pay for your meal, and then we won't yeah, see each other again. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, so here's the thing with these stupid lists. If, <laughs> if again, one, they need to be a guideline. Two, are we, are we still forgetting? When we do things like that, we're forsaking our own imperfections to try to raise up a higher ideal of what we already think we are and what we think yep. we deserve and what we think yep. other people should be. And again, we're not focusing in on ourselves. There is nope. nothing in the world you can do about another person. No matter what, you cannot change them, you cannot guide them, you cannot lead a horse to water no matter how hard you try if that horse ain't what? thirsty. Yeah, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. I think that's how that Thank you, goes. exactly. Yeah. But you, it's the same thing in relationships. The only thing you can do is is fix you. That's it. You mm-hmm. can show somebody something, you can try to teach somebody something, but you can't force them to be anything they don't want to be. Now, trust me, if somebody loves or cares about you or is interested in you enough, they will do different things and they will become almost a different person or a different part of themselves will change in order to fit you because they care about you. But oh, yeah. you can't I can definitely vouch be- for that saying. Oh, yeah. Like, but you can't sit in front of somebody in the beginning of a situation and demand that they be this picture perfect, you know, ideal. And I mean, Mm -hmm. there it goes again with technology. Technology is convincing us that we need these picture perfect ideal relationships in order for them to be real. Yeah. And so, okay, we're going to shift in. That's a good segue into the second part of the discussion, because we could always tie these things in. It's like the relationship versus technology. I met this chick on Tinder. Okay, and it was one of those moments where uh, it was one of those moments where I was in my little he-man woman hater phase where I didn't Mm. date for a while. Uh, The last relationship I had um, ended kind of sourly. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like it was bad. Right. It was just like in a situation where I thought her and I was on the same page and she wasn't. She was smashing the homies, uh, so to speak. Oh, yeah. She smashed all the homies behind the back. And this was when I was in college. So that, that left a sour, bitter taste in my mouth because here I am putting forth effort and doing everything I needed to do to be, you know, what this chick wanted. And this is when I realized like I needed to be me. I needed to do what I needed to do. And then the right girl will come along. But mm-hmm. I didn't date for the longest time. And my brother was like, like, Vlad, you need to start dating. And I'm just like, nah, bro, I'm good. And he's like, no, you need to start dating because you need to like... You know, find you a girl, be happy, settle down, and give me some nieces and nephews. I'm like, nigga, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want <laughs> Yeah, I was like, nah, we good, son. Like, we good, fam. And so I, I pretty much cussed my brother out. He's like, bro, you need to find yourself a decent chick. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. Then my mom got after me, right? And mm. then my mom's, you know, when mom deuce comes after you, you kind of have to listen a little bit. So I, I was like, oh, alrighty, whatever. Then my sisters came after me. Both my sisters came after me. I'm just like, right, the whole family's out uh, is on my ass to do this. And then my stepdad, he was like, Vlad, I understand what you're going through, but there's going to be a time where you need to, excuse me, uh, put your pride aside and start dating again. 
And we had a like mm. a, a serious heart to heart. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Let me just kind of like get this Tinder app to just kind of shut everybody up to just kind of say I'm dating, quote unquote, right? So I just had the mm-hmm. Tinder app. And, you know, I just go on Tinder and just kind of like let swipe right, swipe right, you know, just to kind of like whatever, right? And then eventually I found some dates and whatnot. And then I was just like, that chick came across. And when she pulled out that list, man, I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so pissed. I was like, bitch, is you serious right now? And she's like, okay, are you six foot two or are you six foot or taller? I was like, bitch, I tower over you. How do you, like, how tall do you think I am? What does it matter? Yeah, exactly. And so she was just going through all of this stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? Like mid-date, I was just like, all right, I'm going to finish eating my dinner. You can sit there and do whatever the hell you want to do. You can read your list. I'll maybe answer them. I maybe won't. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. And so I just finished my dinner. I paid for my meal, and I just got up and left because I was like, yeah. this is bullshit. You know what I mean? It is. But at, at then it, like, after that date, I was just kind of like, all right, whatever. So I went back on my phone, and this is how easily te- uh, how available dating is nowadays. I literally just pulled out my phone, did a couple of swipes, met a, I matched with another chick. I was like, hey, do you want to go get a couple of drinks? And I met her. Uh, I met up with her downtown, and we got a couple of drinks. She was pretty cool. You know what I mean? Uh, we went up. We kind of hit it off a little bit. Nothing happened because I wasn't at that point where I wanted to have anything happen. I was just kind of like mm-hmm. dating just to see what happens. I know it sounds weird coming from a guy, but I wasn't trying to smash or anything. I was just literally trying to have conversations uh, with females right. just to see how the game works again. And, I, 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 you know, I, at some point, it was just kind of like, she asked me for a second date, and I was like, nah, I'm good. But I, it, it just astonished me at that point to see how easy it really was to just literally pull out your phone, open up an app, and in five minutes, you can match and talk to somebody online. It was just astounding to me how easy it was. Well, if we had those, again, if we had those 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 conflict resolution skills, if we mm-hmm. like got back to our normal communication skills and didn't sit up and want so bad to just A, just have a relationship or just B, have a booty call, which there's nothing wrong with BT dubs. But if we weren't so eager to just have those end results and we mm-hmm. actually wanted to have conversations with each other, then all of those things I think are good. I don't mm-hmm. see a problem with, with a Tinder or um, a Christian Mingle or any of those sites. I don't see a problem. Yeah, I don't see a problem with them. I think that they're great, especially if you live in a world where everyone's trying to have a career nowadays. Like, you know, I'm trying to have a career. How many times do I get to go out and try to meet somebody or, you know, go on a date? It's very hard. So if you can go on a site somewhere and match up based on personality and things that you like, then more power to you. The problem is the next step. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> As we know, the next step doesn't always go so well because you're looking for that insta relationship. You're looking mm-hmm. for your beach bay. You're looking for your vacation with your bay. You're looking to put up pictures on your Facebook and pictures on your timeline. And you want people to congratulate you and talk about, oh, my king. Oh, look at my king. Like, Trick, that's your fourth king. Like, are you trying to, co- <laughs> like, are you trying to conquer Westeros or what? Like, are you trying to get up the Seven Kingdoms or not? Like, your name is Daenerys? Yo. Like, the last time I checked, like, you're not a natural blonde. Oh, shit. You know what I'm She's saying? So like, the only person, for real, like, the only person that's sitting up here with three dragons is me. Like, all three of my kids are dragons. Like, and they will burn you down. Oh, shit. 
Like I can't stand these tricks. And I'm I'm gonna speak on women, and I can speak on men a little bit because I was raised by a pack of wolves. So, yeah. and I mean that literally. Um, so I can kind of speak on both because it's like, yeah. it, it's like what what you have to really figure out what you want. And that's yeah. another thing that I need people to understand. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be at a certain point in your life. And we need to validate each other more. If you are in a relationship phase where you need to get married, not need, but you want to get married, you want to start a family because you have everything else in your life going where it needs to go, God bless you. Move on. I give you my blessing. I'm making the cross <laughs> signals with my hand right now. However... If you are at a point in your life where you want to be Fatiana of the century, if you don't bust it down and bust it open for these mofos, I'm going to kill you. You need to go and be a hoe. Go be a hoe. Go sleep with who you want to sleep with. Go have your one night stands. Do it safely and protect yourself. But go yeah. do what you need to do. Because if you do not satisfy the need that you have at that point in time of your life, you are never going to be happy. And we need to stop putting expectations and saying, <laughs> oh, you're 30 something. Why aren't you married with children already? Or, oh, Ooh, that's another good one. You know what I'm saying? Like you're 45. Mm -hmm. How come you don't have a husband? Like, oh, you just got divorced. Are you going to get remarried? Oh, you just got married. Are you guys going to have kids? Oh, you have a kid. Why aren't you married? Oh, you have a boyfriend. When are the two of you going to get married? Oh, I just looked at somebody. Are y'all two about to have sex? I just looked at him. All I did was look at him. I just looked. I'm literally <laughs> just looking at him, and you're already planning our child's bar mitzvah. And we're not even Jewish. Yeah. So, I'm, so I need people to just no. let people be people, be unmistakably what you want to be at that time and stop letting Instagram and Facebook dictate where you need to be. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I no, no. Nap. Do not. No. Nap do time. Not be, <laughs> do not be sorry at all because you just gave me some gold. Holy Jesus, you gave me some I'm sorry. Gold. Yeah. I'm like, yo. I, I get Are you I get trying like to that. conquer Westeros, yo? <laughs> like, these tricks will be up here like, yo, bend at the knee. And I'm like, oh. who's this new king? Oh, like, I get on, I tell you, I get oh. on Instagram and Facebook, and I will oh, see the same chick talking about her oh. king. And it's a different dude. It's oh, a different dude than three months ago. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me, let I'm trying to down. get it together. Nah, you good. I'm down. just trying to hold it together so I can down. talk. <laughs> I'm afraid to oh, wow. Uh, oh, that I'm was good. great. That You're was, welcome. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, okay. It just drives me crazy. I'm sorry. It oh. drives me crazy. Nah, See, it, it, and it's like, it doesn't, the social media just doesn't make it any better. And it's like, mm. you know, I'm again another thing that I do love. I love social media. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think the it connections is. are is. great. I personally use social media so that my family knows that I'm alive and that I'm okay and they know how old my children are. They don't have to ask me what they look like. I post pictures all the time. So I use social media for that benefit. Um, and I think it's great with making connections. I've met so many great people off of social media. I've found great new businesses, all of these things that wonderful social media does. What we can't continue to get into the trap of is 
trying to make an expectation out of something that we see on paper. Like everybody wants the Jay-Z and Beyonce relationship. Everybody mm -hmm. thinks that they're so perfect. First of all, Beyonce almost divorced this man twice. Let's be real. If you guys want to know the real story, she almost divorced this man twice. She's threatened his life a couple of times. They've gone through everything from therapy to whatever you want to call it, to interventions, to everything for their relationship. Their relationship has not been perfect. Are you ready mm -hmm. to go to therapy with your husband or your wife? Are you ready to go through therapy with your, with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Most <laughs> Apparently, no. uh, apparently these kings are perfect or whatever, quote unquote, because okay. I'm sorry to yeah. interject here and no, to bother, but I, did, I had to, I had to <laughs> jump in because I, I finally got my shit together. I'm sorry. I was losing it for a while. But um, I, I find it funny how you say these kings and queens, because that's what I see as well on these Instagrams and social media stuff, right? It's like, I see, oh, my king or oh, my queen. I'm like, okay. My first thought is, what kingdom do you fucking have that you're ruling right now that you're a king and a queen? Okay? Because I don't, I don't understand that. Like, yeah, my woman. Yeah, sure. I'm her man. Um, she's my woman. I get that. King and queen, you don't have a kingdom to rule. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so that always, that always bothered me. You know what I mean? So when I see these things and then when you mention this chick is on her fourth king, y'all was like, yo. yo. That is the truth because how many times on my Facebook timeline? Because I don't really have any other social medias. Um, I just have Facebook and I have Snapchat, right? <clears throat> I don't mm -hmm. have a actual uh, Twitter. I have the GOTR Twitter that I run, but that's about it. I don't personally have an Instagram. I don't personally have a Twitter. I don't have um, whatever else is the next big thing. I have a Snapchat <laughs> to talk to my niece and I have Facebook <laughs> to kind of creep on other people. That's it, right? That's the two things that I have. Right, Facebook and Snapchat. I love it. But I go on Facebook and then I see this chick is like my king, and then I see this dude. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Then three weeks later, my king, mm -hmm. the same chick saying my king, and it's a different dude. I'm like, wait, what? And then I see the same chick on the third or fourth guy. I'm just like, wait, weren't you like, what king number is this? Like, what kind of Thank shit? You. She's trying to conquer Wakanda. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> She's trying to find Wakanda <laughs> to conquer. Like, Jesus Christ. It's like, where are you finding these motherfuckers? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, they, yeah. But it's it's just funny, though, because this whole Instagram couple thing, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it because it's like, what was the big thing in the in the, um, in, in the last year uh, or so? It was worth, um, uh, there's a picture, like the famous picture that I always do. Like, the, there's a picture of the girl holding out her hand in the back, and then the guy oh, is leading God. her, or one of those pictures. You know what picture I'm talking yes, about, right? I do, I know. Yeah. I know what yeah, you're talking it, it, about. Yeah, it's where the girl is leading the guy, and the guy has her hand, his hand stretched out, and the girl is, like, leading her to, like, the mountain view or something like that, or oh, to the God. beach or some shit like that. I'm like, dogs. Yeah. Really? And then they'll have that picture, and then, like, some inspirational quote. Find your king before, like, don't settle for less. Always find your king, and then treat him as such. I'm just like, really, bitch? Like Ooh, you have to up. resort to, you have to resort to inspirational quotes to find yourself a mate. That doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah, so, yeah, like, it doesn't. And then when they do but find nobody's somebody, working. They, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go oh ahead. no, you good, you good. But um, it's just like okay, so you you have this guy that you have right. You find this guy, and all of your business, all of your business is out on Facebook because I'm on Facebook and Snapchat. 
you having all these businesses out on Facebook saying, oh, he treats me so well. He treats me like this. But then two weeks later, he ain't shit. He ain't that. Fuck you and your mom. I was like, well, he, at some point, he was, he was the shit. Now, all of a sudden, he ain't shit. So something happened either with you or you just have bad taste in men. You know what I mean? So it, right. it just bothers me with these women and these Instagram couples because everybody's trying to portray that they're they have this perfect relationship. When in reality, it was like, we know nobody has a perfect relationship. I know for a fact, my relationship ain't perfect. It's perfect to me. You right. know what I mean? Because I do, right. I do my best to make her happy. She does her best to make me happy, but it ain't perfect. But we try to make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We bend over backwards for each other. So we know it's not perfect. And with that knowledge, we understand and we can go forward and be like, okay, what do I need to do to be a better person to my boyfriend or girlfriend today? So that's what we go forward with. And then I see all these other people on Instagram. Well, not on Instagram, but on the internet. And it's just like, oh, we have the perfect relationship. My girlfriend loves to but watch the show. Why do you need to say that? No, go ahead. What show does she like to watch? Oh, no, go ahead. I can answer that question. Um, I think they people need that validation that they're in the right relationship when they post stuff like that on online. You know what I mean? Because they're looking for that validation because they don't know themselves if they are happy with that relationship. They need to have other people be like, oh, you guys look so happy. And then they go, oh, wait, maybe I am happy in this relationship. You know what I mean? Now, mind you, I can't knock people because here, here in the same respect, I Mm -hmm. will for birthdays and for special occasions, I definitely will like do a long post for a good friend or my sister or, you know, a close family member, something like that. Mm -hmm. I definitely do like long extended birthday posts and wedding posts and stuff like that, just because I I tend to get a little sentimental, especially when it's a really good person. And I don't see a problem in doing that for your significant other. So Mm -hmm. your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, you know, once in a while, if you want to just be like, this person is great because they do all of these things and then they think of me and yada, 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 that's great. But I don't care every day. Yeah, on a daily basis, it's overdose. Right, it is overdose. And are you saying these things to them every day? Are you validating who they are every day? Because that's the other thing that we don't do in relationships. We don't tell the other person that in all of your silly ass shit, you're mm-hmm. still perfect to me. And mm. that validation of, yes, I know you're obnoxious. Yes, I know you're loud. Yes, I know you're silly. Yes, I know you have a bad mouth. And yes, I know you curse more than a sailor. But those are the things that I value in you. Those are the things that make you perfect for me. And those are the things that I love. So don't stop being that person. hmm because that that's what true. I love. You know what I mean? We yeah, don't I, I totally get that. Now, I, I can totally understand that aspect of things. And I hate to, I, like, I always bring up my relationship uh, on this podcast because that's, I draw from personal experience. You know what I mean? Of but course. I'm a goofball. And my girlfriend knows I'm a goofball. I'm, I'm a, uh, as most people would put it, I'm a character, quote unquote. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she always makes sure to let me know that, like, even though you are a character, I wouldn't change a damn thing because I keep her, mm-hmm. I keep things fresh and I keep things sponta- uh, spontaneous. You know what I mean? If I were to be dull and boring, I think my girlfriend would leave. <laughs> I personally honestly right. think that if I, if my attitude changes to this dull, boring guy, she would just be like, all right, you're not you. I got to go. Bye. No, I don't think right. she would actually. I, I think our relationship is stronger than that, to be honest with you. But I'm just saying that. You know what I mean? But I am realistic enough to be like that, to like put that perspective out there to be like, okay. 
if I ever change my personality, my girlfriend would be like, what the hell is wrong with you? But all right. these people, they don't do that. They're like constantly saying, oh, my relationship is perfect on every day. Perfect. It's like, really? Your relationship is perfect every single day? Like, I doubt that. There's some days where I look at my girlfriend and it's like, bitch, why am I with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't mean that maliciously. I don't mean that maliciously. I just look at her and just like, you know what I mean? that You what have your days. Yeah, exactly. You have your days where you just look at the person and you're just like, oh. Why are you here? You know, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I'm sure as hell. I am sure as hell she looks at me and be like, bro, you need to get the fuck out of the house. You know what I mean? Like, I know my girlfriend looks at me sometimes be like, all right, I need you to leave me the fuck alone. You know what I mean? So, like, when people say, like, oh, my relationship is perfect, I look at those folks and I'm like, yeah, okay, bro. Yeah, no <laughs> And You the- can say that it's perfect, but it's perfect for me. Not yeah, that it's exactly. perfect as a whole. There's no yeah. way. That's a lie. Yeah. Exactly. That is totally a lot. And another, oh, here's another thing mm-hmm. that really drives me nuts. Um, and excuse me, I was talking to my girlfriend about this earlier is that there's this, like, there's this trend now, right? Where, um, I have to, hold on. I had to get my thoughts together real quick. <laughs> there's this trend like now where it's like, um, if it's like, this is meme, right? I, I can't find it on Facebook cause I was scrolling through it to see if I could find it. But this one chick on my Facebook goes, why can't you be like, why can't I find a man that just looks at me and only me and doesn't look at other girls? Because you need to understand when you look at other girls, you need to understand how that makes her feel. And I'm just like, bruh. So you're telling me to go against my natural instinct to look at an attractive woman and be like, God damn, you know what I mean? Just because you want all my attention onto you. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that kind of bothers me a little bit because yeah. like, hear me out, hear me out. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're telling me that I cannot look at another girl. It's essentially what this post was saying. I can't find the meme right now, but essentially the gist of it is, um, if you're looking at another girl, that's essentially cheating is what the meme was pretty much indicating. And I was just okay, like, that's uh, a different conversation. I don't think that's right because a guy will look at another girl. Well, like my thing is I can look at another girl. If I make a move on that other girl, that's where I cross the line and that's where the boundaries crossed. But if I look mm-hmm. at a girl and go, hmm, she's attractive. Babe, look at her. She's attractive. You know what I mean? That's nothing to me. You know what I mean? I'm just acknowledging somebody's beauty. That's it. Well, you here's the I mean? problem. Okay, now the problem okay. with that is, is that goes back to what I just said. We're not validating the person that we're with. So if the person that we're with has no validation prior to you making a comment like that, that they're the most beautiful person to you, that they are perfection in your eyes. And that you don't love them in the places that, you know what I'm saying? Then that's where those comments come from. But you're right. I mean, because I know women try to pretend like we're not, but we're just as nasty as men are. And we, (laughs) I can be y'all the F up. Like we look y'all up and down like pieces of chocolate, pieces of flank Mm -hmm. steak. We try to undress you guys with our eyes all the time. (laughs) And women are lying if they say that they don't. So, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, They they shouldn't. But but there you go again. There's There's making, not you, but them. There they go again, making these specifics and making these rules based on something and not really saying what they really want. What that woman really means to say is, I need you to validate me. I need you to make me feel special. I need you to tell me how much you love me. And that goes into another conversation that we can have another time about love languages. Because love languages, Mm, people bring that up all the time. 
because I speak a certain love language, it is your job to answer it. It is not your job to want the same love language. Gotcha. So that's the part where people mess up. People think that, oh, that's not my love language, so I don't have to do it to you. Yes, you do. Love languages mean that whatever my language is, whatever I need to feel love is what you're supposed to deliver. Even if it goes Mm. out of your norm of your love language, I'm supposed to deliver your love language, you're supposed to deliver mine. Interesting. Okay. So, okay. So with that being said, then, then that falls on the individual, then that comes down to individualism or not individual, but individual, um, individual responsibility. Yeah, there you go. That's a better word. Right. So it comes down to the accountability of that, of that individual to make sure that their partner's needs are met. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when, um, I look at another, like in my relationship, like me and my girl, we, we literally are like, we good. <laughs> All right. I could literally look at another girl and she'd be like, I see you looking at that girl. I'm like, yeah, she fine. Ain't she? And my girl will be like, yep, she probably is. And then I'll see a handsome guy and I'll catch my girl checking him out. And I'm like, yep, I saw you looking at that. You want that man, don't you? And she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like she'll play, <laughs> you know what I mean? She'll play it off. Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm like, Bitch, I saw you looking. <laughs> right. So, but I don't get upset because to me, my girlfriend is the most beautiful person in the world. And I let her know this. You know what I mean? Even though she's mm-hmm. pregnant right now, I let her know. It's like, yeah, damn, you looking good. You know what I mean? Like our baby shower right. last week, she was looking really good. And I let her know. It's like, babe, you are looking delicious right now. You know what I mean? So I let her know. I validate her and I, you know, I give her her, her uh, I guess you could say sexual coin, <laughs> right? Right. Because she, she like, she, to me, she's very attractive. You know what I mean? She's very also attractive. And so I let her know. But if I see somebody else that's attractive, I'm not going to like be, I'm not obnoxious about it. I look and I move on. That's pretty much what I do. Right. I go, hmm, okay. All right. I'm done. Right. And my girl will catch me. She'll be like, oh, did you see that chick right there? She's hot. She got a nice butt. I'll be like, oh yeah, she does. You, you know what I mean? I don't deny it. And also I don't lie about it. So I'm very open. I'm very open uh, communication with my girl. And I just wish everybody else would be that open and that communicative with their individual or significant other, because I see a lot of these problems uh, arise when, like you said, they don't validate that person's mm-hmm. uh, sexual worth because that's all essentially what it boils down to. Everybody wants to feel sexually validated. Like there are they do. They not, in a, not just in a section in a sexual way, but like you chose me because you found some, you saw something in me that you really liked and that mm-hmm. I just want to be a I just want to you to acknowledge the fact that you chose me. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't have to be here. So, and this is, this is true. So everybody wants to be sexually validated at some point in their relationship. You know what I mean? So I think you're right in that aspect. It's like when we don't validate everybody's or the other person's presence, then that's mm-hmm. when the situation, that's when problems arise also as right. well as communication and on all this other stuff as well too. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, I just lost my whole train of thought. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was like a whole train wreck. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was so bad. But no, but you're right. The validation in a relationship is usually another prime key. So here we go, just to reiterate, we don't know how to solve problems and we don't validate our significant other, but we want to reap all the benefits. And what does that sound like to you? 
An insta couple. <laughs> An insta couple. Exactly. That's our microwave society. That's the whole point. It's like everybody wants a gourmet meal, but they want to use a microwave. And it's like, you are never going to get a gourmet meal out of a microwave. It is not going to happen. Along with my sales experience, I have a culinary background as well. And I will mm -hmm. tell everyone on this podcast, you bring me a gourmet meal out of a microwave. If you can, <laughs> you are full of crap. There's nothing good about it. I'm telling you, you are going to, if you work in a kitchen, if you work in a five-star restaurant, guess mm -hmm. what? Your your shirt is never going to come out clean at the end of the night. I apologize. You're going to have cuts on your fingers. You're going to drop a plate or two. You're going to yell at your sous chef. You're going to yell at your pastry chef. You're going to yell at your servers. And relationships are the same way. You are going to have a lot of rocky roads. You're going to run into some things. But guess what? All of it is worth it. Because if you see a perfectly plated dish at a restaurant, it can bring tears to your eyes. So if you're willing to put in the work and the sweat and the toil and the long hours it takes in a relationship, the same way that a chef, a gourmet chef puts into his restaurant, then it's worth it. But if you're not willing to do that, then you're never going to get that. I really Karen. like that term you use, uh, microwave. Uh, what is it? Microwave relationships. That oh yeah, those is... insta relationships. Yeah. So that is. Hold on, wait a second. I'm writing that down. Insta... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we're gonna coin that term, microwave relationships, because yeah, that's like to just kind of dumb it down and give a quick definition. That's just the relationship that you think that's just gonna work instantly and quickly. Like you just kind of throw it in the microwave and you think it's just gonna be just as good as a gourmet meal, but it's not going to. So. That's it's a not. great terminology. And <laughs> a lot of people, yeah, it really is a great terminology. But a lot of people think that that's how you get relationships, though. Like, you could just throw it in a microwave and it would just be just as good as going to a five-star restaurant. And sad but true, some people are actually okay with the microwave relationships. So, I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like, no, I kind of want to, you know, buy the ingredients and cook my own meals. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, in using uh, food terms, because I'm not really, I, I can cook well, I'm not a chef. <laughs> I no, just, I understand what you're saying, but you can yeah. you can respect the time that it takes to put into exactly. something. And yeah. it's, you know, and here, I'm not gonna knock people, uh, because there are some people out there that have had long-term relationships that just met their husband or their wife or their, their significant other yesterday. And oh. they've been together for 10, 15, 20 years, and they get married oh. in two weeks. But guess what? They still put in work. Once yep. they do get married, even if they meet and they say in two weeks we're going to get married, after that marriage, they are putting in work. They still go through their trials and tribulations. It's not easy staying with somebody. It's not easy sharing your life with another person. That it's is hard. Not, I don't it even is like, truly hard. I don't like sharing my sandwiches. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's difficult. Like, it's my sandwich. I, yeah, I don't exactly. know. No, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying because I just moved in with my girlfriend and it's kind of weird. Like our transition has been smooth, but I get what you're saying though. It's like, oh shit. You know what I mean? But um, I was going to say hey. earlier that my girlfriend watches these shows. It's called uh, this one show in particular, Married at First Sight. I don't know if you ever heard of that one. Oh God. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. But yes. Okay. Go ahead. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have a vendetta <laughs> against reality TV that oh, is no. so long. Oh my god, I hate reality yeah. TV. But go ahead, hey, we'll talk about it. It's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll quickly uh, brush up on it. But this this show, Married at First Sight. The premise of the show essentially is they put these individuals, like they take some individuals. Uh, I believe six girls, six six men, six women that have identical things that they're looking for in a relationship and they, they just mm-hmm. do it on paper and then they put them on an island and then see if they can like put these people together and then if they can make a quote unquote quick if um, their psychological test can put these people together and can they have a loving and sustaining relationship marriage essentially so these folks are together they literally meet they have like what two months to meet and they get married, and then at the end of two months, they decide whether they want to stay together or they want to get a divorce. And I've watched a couple of episodes because that's what I do now. That's because <laughs> I'm in a relationship. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a relationship. Whatever the missus wants to watch, that's what I watch. <laughs> okay, look at you. <laughs> but nah, nah. But um, on some realness though, I do find these things quite interesting because on the so- on the psychological aspect of things, I'm like very intrigued with it, right? Okay. So I'm very invested in these things. So I watch these shows. Right. Out of personal interest, because to me, it's interesting. I want to see, can these people actually create a loving and lasting relationship meeting for just two months and then get married? Actually, it's two weeks. They meet for two, two weeks, weeks and they get married and then they have two months to decide whether they want to stay together or, or get a divorce. Right. Wow. So, yeah, it's very fast and everything moves quick, 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 quick. But the whole essential thing, uh, the whole point that I'm trying to get to is you are cor- absolutely correct in the sense that. Even in this reality show where they have two weeks to meet each other, fall in love and decide whether or not they want to stay together, they have to put in the work to make sure that their relationship works. Because a lot of the times when you a lot of the folks that say I want a divorce, you can see why they want that divorce, because the other person was not doing their part in their relationship to make that person Mm -hmm. happy. You know what I mean? Like they wasn't putting in their effort. The one person, like one person felt like they were putting in more effort than the other person. And so when you said like you have to put in work to make these relationships work, I was like, oh shit. Yes, you do. Because looking at these relationships and uh, married at first sight, a lot of these individuals are not putting in the work. They just kind of like skating through. They say they want to get married, but then it's like they, the way they act is like, hmm, they don't want to get married. It's like, bruh, you said you wanted to get married. Here's your wife. Why are you not doing the things you need to do to be you? And then it's like, well, you know, it's just this and that. They got like all these excuses and they don't realize it's like they're the problem in their relationship. You know what I mean? They're not putting in their work. And the other person is putting in way much more effort than they are. And that's why the relationships don't work. Well, why do people think, and I'm I'm asking this question rhetorically, but why do people even think that they could at any point get into another situation, any type of situation, and not put work into it? Like, why do people think that, oh, I get married and everything's just supposed to float along and be okay? No, you're introducing another person into your personal space. You know what I mean? You have to adapt to their timeline. They have to adapt to your timeline. You guys have to have resource where where you're you're used to maybe going to visit one parent. Now you have to go visit two sets of parents, you know, in some cases. You know what I mean? When you're used to getting up at 630 and spending an hour in the bathroom, now you have two people getting up at 6.30 at the same time and you both have to get out the house at the same time. You know what I mean? So even those like remedial tasks have to be Mm -hmm. worked around. So why do you think that it's just going to be any easier? It's difficult. 
I'm not trying to stray people away from relationships. Trust me. Oh, I no, love no. relationships. Trust. I think they're great. Yep, me too. Yep. But I at agree. the same time, <laughs> they are worth the work that you're willing to put into them. If you find the right person, I have to add the addendum. If you find the right person, because there could be, you know, you could put in a lot of work for the wrong person. I've seen that a lot too. So absolutely, if you have the right person, the work is worth it, but you have to find the right person. But I don't know though. It's a very good question to ask. And I know it's rhetorical, but I always attempt to answer every question that I hear because I like to dig deep into every, every little nook and cranny of things. But I don't know. Maybe people are just like, we, we, like you said, we have this microwave uh, society right now where it's like microwave relationships or instant couples. Everybody wants to have, I, I, I have this podcast called like, I think Disney has y'all fucked up, right? Um, because I think a lot of females growing up have looked at these Disney movies and see the happily ever after. It's like everything works out at the end, right? Like things just works out for the better at the end of things when they re- don't realize is that there's a lot of work that goes into um, making that happily ever after happen. There, there's like a lot of anger. There's a lot of sadness. There's going to be a lot of crying. There's going to be a lot of, you know, this, that, and the third, like there's going to be a lot of shit that goes into having your happily ever after. And people don't realize that because in Disney movies you have, you, because every movie is like, you have your, what your intro, your middle, and then your, your conflict and then your end, right? Nice little mm-hmm, wrap mm-hmm. in a bow. And then it's like, boom. And but that's, that's just, what I think but, people have. But Disney movies are just people getting together. It's not ever about a relationship. Disney movies are just the they're they're the beginning. The no honeymoon one stage. ever talks about yeah. No one ever well they don't even get to the honeymoon. No one ever talks about <laughs> the happily ever after and the and the struggles of actually being in that relationship. And no, you're right. Disney does have everybody jacked up. But nope. you can curse you. T- don't, be, don't be shy. You can. You can I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> trust me, the pirate will come out. The pirate will definitely come out. It, it's at some point sooner or later. I'm trying to be reserved. It's our first podcast together. Let them get used to me first. (laughs) Let them get used to me. So it's like Disney does have us jacked up. Oh, trust me, I get worse. Um, (laughs) They do have us jacked up, but they only, those Disney movies only teach us the beginning of relationship, like you said. But that even Mm -hmm. goes into a deeper issue of the and actually this is something that you mentioned before that I did want to touch on, and I'm glad you brought this back up, gender roles. Yep. So where men are raised and taught how to um, make decisions, boys are taught from early ages how to have a career. Girls are taught from an early age how to be a wife and how to be a mother. It, mm, it's as true. simple as looking at our toys, the toys that mm-hmm. you give to a boy. When you buy a boy toys, what do you buy him? A construction set. You buy him Legos. You buy yep. him a doctor set. You buy him all of those things. Now, what do you buy a girl? You buy her a baby doll. You buy her a Barbie. You buy her a kitchen set. So you're already pre-establishing those gender roles. Now, I'm going to say something that nobody's going to expect me to say. Gender roles are a necessity. Why? Uh Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. Now... I am going to cause some trouble, but I'm going to explain to everybody why, because that goes back to how a relationship is just like a job. 
when you go to work, everyone has a responsibility. Everyone Very has true. things that they need to take care of to get the whole job done. You're not going to ever go to a restaurant and everybody, I know I'm always bringing this back to food. I, maybe I'm hungry. Okay. Hey, You're sorry, not going to go too. to a restaurant. Food. Right. So then this works for both of us. You're never going to go to a restaurant and everybody that works at the restaurant is a server. True. Is that going to be conducive to you getting your meal? You're going to need a server. You need a chef. You need a host. You need a restaurant manager. You need a bartender. You need a busboy. You need all of these things to make up a restaurant. Same thing in a relationship. You do need roles because guess what? Someone has to take care of the household. Someone has to bring in money. Someone has to take care of the children. Someone has to take care of the expenses, the bills, so on and so forth. Now, who does those roles? That is where it's questionable because that's where you have the opportunity to be flexible. Let's say mm -hmm. the wife does make more money. Then guess what? Hubby needs to pick up some of those household roles because the wife is having the career and yep. vice versa. I strongly believe that if a man is paying all of the bills, if a man has a big career, someone got to take care of the house. Yep. I believe so, that too. There is nothing wrong with gender roles as long as they are explored appropriately based on the situation. Well, that, that's the that's the problem right there too. Well, not the problem, but that's the thing right there is that it has to be explored based on the situation, because like as it, I don't, I'm not afraid or ashamed to admit this, but my wife, well, my girlfriend, she's soon to be my wife, uh, makes mm -hmm. way more money than I do, right? Okay, and so. I pretty much like, cause my, my flexibility is pretty much, I work night shifts, she works day shifts. So mm -hmm. I'm at home most of the day and then I go work at night. So for me, and my mama raised me this way, that is that you always have a clean house. You know what I mean? It didn't matter if you was a boy or a girl or whatever. My mama says, if you have a house, it's your job to keep it clean. So in my mind, when my girlfriend's out at work, I clean the house throughout the day. I do all the stuff. I take out the trash. I do the dishes. Um, I keep things tidy. I keep it looking presentable. And then when she comes home, she can go. She cooks dinner. She makes food. And then we sometimes eat together. We sometimes get a chance to eat together. And then I'll go mm -hmm. into work. You know what I mean? Or I'll go, go work out and do what I need to do. So for us, it, it it's like our gender roles are kind of weird because it's like she makes way more money than I do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not by choice because I can literally go into a corporate job and make more money, but I'm pursuing a, uh, I'm pursuing Different a dream. Venue. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm pursuing a dream right. and her career allows me to go pursue that dream. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I want to be a professional MMA fighter. And so, <laughs> hey, that's love what I want to do. You know what I, I mean? I want to be, a, yeah. And so she makes enough money to where <laughs> she could support the house and us. And then I have a job where it supplements. You know what I mean? Like I pick up where she lacks, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? So the yeah. bills are paid, the house is taken care of. You know what I mean? We both have money. It's like, we're not broke by any means. Nobody's we're not rich. Struggling. We're not yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? We have money. Like we can do, we're, we're fine off until this baby comes in. And then it's like a whole different story. But, right. Then you got to readjust. You yep, readjust exactly. Quick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. We got to readjust, but we're, we're not, we're not for broke and we're not for, we're not well off and we're not broke. You know what I mean? Right. We're just right at the moment. But and you guys it, are just balancing works. those jobs. Yes. Yeah. That's so we don't point. look at the traditional gender roles of like men goes to work and women stays at home. We look at it as, okay, she's making more money right now. And it allows me to go pursue my dreams. What do I, what can I do to help make the house function? I pick up the house. 
You know what I mean? I like I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed to say this. I clean up the dishes. I do. You know what I mean? I clean up the house. I do the dishes. Uh, sometimes I do laundry or she'll start laundry. I'll put it away. Um, sometimes I'll make the bed. You know what I mean? I, I make sure that the house looks neat. I have no mm-hmm. issues with that because that's how my mama raised right. me. And right. then so we have that conversation. Now, when we have this kid, maybe the rules will switch up a little bit because, you know, maybe I'll be the breadwinner for a little bit. Until when she's on maternity leave and you know what I mean? And then she takes care of kid and you know, so on and so forth. But we talk about that stuff and we have right. a very under, we have a very clear cut understanding. Okay. This is what we need to do. We don't look at it as I make more money than you, then you need to do this. We look at it as, okay, what does, what needs to be done? Oh, the house needs to be clean. Okay. We both can t- take care of that. But I usually mostly take care of it because I like doing that stuff. Cause for me, it's a, it's a meditative process. You know what I mean? Yes. It puts me at a yes. good point, and then I can go into my job at, or do my thing at nighttime, and I'm I'm clear headed. I'm not angry. I'm not frustrated or anything like that. And then she can go to work in the morning. That's her her time. And then at nighttime is my me time. You know what I mean? Right. So we have that things working, but people don't have those conversations, and then they get fucked up, and then they're just like now they're mad at each other because oh well, you're supposed to do this. It's like well we never talked about that. So how the hell am I supposed to know? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And that, but that, that's, that's what it should be. It's those balance of those responsibilities and saying like, this is my burden, you know, and not saying I need you to do this, but it should be, okay, this is my burden. This is the things that I have to do. And the response should be, okay, how can I help you? Yeah. That's you know should what I'm be saying? Like the, yeah. that should be the response. There should be no, oh, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. That shouldn't even be a question. The yeah, communication that, I need and the you relationship to do stuff needs to be Right. I actually have that. Um, I know this is so weird to bring up, but I have that at one of the, um, the the restaurants that I used to work at. My manager, you know, he would do a list of things and it's like I would just watch him and I would be like, OK, well, you don't have enough time to do that. So let me do this. And you don't have enough time to do that. And let me do this. And the great part about the relationship that we had at work which mm-hmm. please everyone understand that it was not physical, it was purely professional, is that we would catch each per each each other when we were lacking. We would catch the empty spaces because you're paying mm. attention, you're going on and doing the job that you have to do and everything is getting done. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's not about who gets credit for the job. It's the job is done and the restaurant is functioning because everybody's doing what they need to do. And it's, and that's what a relationship needs to be. It needs to be, oh, I'm recognizing that every time I come home, the dishes are dirty. So you know what? Maybe she's tired or maybe he's tired. Maybe I should do the dishes this time around. Oh, I'm recognizing that every two weeks we run out of laundry and it's not being finished. Let me add that to my sort of the things to do. Or let me ask and say, hey, babe, are you having a hard time getting the laundry done? Do you want me to help? Can we split up laundry? Maybe and get this wild thing, maybe he or she is not doing the laundry because they hate doing laundry. (laughs) Then you can have that conversation. You can explore that because I have things that I hate cleaning. There are just certain things I hate doing. So I need to find the balance in my relationships where the other person can maybe pick up that slack and say, look, since you hate doing that, babe, I'll pick that up if you do something else for me. And there's nothing wrong with that balance at all. No, there isn't. And I don't know what it is, but maybe it's a pride thing or whatever, but I, I don't understand it. But it, there's nothing wrong with that. And for me, I, I kind of learned to throw pride 
to the side a long time ago. It, it, oh, gosh. That's like, a, as soon as I got into martial arts, I realized, like, look, dude, there's always going to be somebody bigger and better than you out there. So there's no right. need for you to be a, 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 a cocky guy. asshole. Yeah, exactly. You know what right. I mean? So, like, for me, it's just like, okay, what does my girlfriend need right now? She's got a long day of work. How do I make her day easier? Oh, cool. I can do the dishes. Oh, cool. The living room's a little bit messy. I can tidy it up a little bit. Oh, the cat's... um. Through cat litter everywhere. I can clean that out uh, for the moment. Uh, she's pregnant right now, so she's not allowed to touch cat litter. I can change out the cat litters. You know what I mean? So, like, to right. me, I look at it as, okay, how do I make her life a little bit easier? But people don't do that no more. People more or less like just big... kind of like, right. that, that like word what can you, you do for me? Kind of right. Mm -hmm. That pride word, that P word, that nasty word called pride ruins relationships left and freaking right just because yep. you don't want to bend to make the other person a little bit more happy it's not about changing exactly. who you are no one's ever saying and i'm not saying and i know and you're not saying it either no one's saying change your personality nope. but maybe change your habits and maybe adjust and put a get a little you know of your selfishness to the side because yep. in a way we're all selfish we all have a bit of selfishness to us yeah and there's that... nothing wrong with putting that to the side and saying look I am being a little prideful, and maybe I need to kind of like go and step back. Yeah, exactly. And it, what's that saying? It's like pride cometh before the fall or something like that. So, right. Yeah, you got to like check your ego at the door sometimes when you come into relationships. And I don't think people do that. Definitely and especially do. with the, the way that you can access Tinder, Plenty of Fish, to, uh, Bumble, and all these other dating websites. It's like everything is so insta. It's insta this. It's like, okay, I need a date tonight. Okay, instantly get a date. Or I need to get laid tonight. Instantly I can go on Tinder and just swipe right and got it. You know what I mean? I can get laid tonight. So everything Ooh, is just right. like at a moments notice and it's just i don't know it, it, it's just that we need to kind of i guess go back to the old times in the sense of we need to slow it down a little bit when it comes to relationships and be like okay mm -hmm. is this person right for me and if this person yeah. is right for me how can i make myself better for this person and that's how you should approach it but that's not how we do it well the, the right and i think that we also when it comes to the whole pride factor it's um oh shoot there it goes there's my train there it goes again. Lord have mercy. <laughs> it just happens oh, once in a little moon. And then my train just leaves. It just leaves the station without me. Like every <laughs> stinking time. I can't believe I did this again. No, but it's, um, oh my God, we were talking about pride and you said something that like triggered Pride me. cometh before the fall. Okay, yes. Here we go. Boom. I got you. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with having confidence in who you are. So there's nope. nothing wrong with thinking that I am all of these things, all of these wonderful, miraculous things, because each one of us have wonderful, miraculous things. And this is what I can offer. So nobody is ever saying to dumb yourself down and to put out your light, but your light should help somebody else burn brighter. Your yep. light should not ex extinguish someone else. Yeah, it should so, like, guide the way to some to more light. It should light guide the way to more light and guide the way for another person to come into it. It should never extinguish someone else or put somebody else out. So that is something that we miss, like when it comes to pride. We confuse pride and confidence all the yeah. time. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Well, they go hand in hand though, because it's like if you have confidence, you have a little bit of pride of it in yourself. And if you have pride, you have confidence. Yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because you but are proud too of too much of it. Yeah, but too much of it can be a hindrance and whatnot. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's just like you just kind of have to check the ego at the door when it comes to relationships. And um, I, I don't know. Like, it feels like technology has 
diminished that a little bit or has amped up the pride aspect because it's like we have like i i used to call it we have this mc uh, a, a mick what is it um i used to call it a mick dating attitude towards uh <laughs> relationships because literally like you know how you go to mcdonald's like all right let me get a number two or and a four-piece chicken nugget you know what i mean we have that attitude towards dating because of tinder and all these other dating apps it's like okay today i want a blonde chick so i'm just gonna swipe right on all blonde chicks who swipe swipe oh she's a blonde swipe oh she's a blonde swipe you know what i mean or today right. i want a brunette you know what i mean all the brunette chicks pop up on your tinder you swipe on the brunettes or today you know i just want something nice and easy oh she looks like she has a low self-esteem swipe you know what i'm saying so (laughs) we have this we have this mick you know this mick attitude or this mick relationship attitude like uh view of relationship like we could literally have this a la carte that's what i wanted to say this a la carte attitude towards uh, dating because we could pick what we want and then when we get it we're done you know what i mean so you know that's so interesting that you brought that up because you know what else social media does it what? also brings up, it also shows a mirror. Okay, so social mm-hmm. media, not only does it show us what we want to see, but it also shows a direct reflection of all of our, um, uh, the imperfections is the word I'm looking yep. for. Okay, yep, yep. so follow me where I'm going with this. So okay. when we on. have, you no, know, you're good, you will. I know you'll catch on to this very quickly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for example, we put a picture up on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, what is the first thing we're going to do before we post up the picture? We're going to look put to filters put filters on it. Yes, yep. we're going to look to put filters on it. Right. So we're going to look to enhance it and make it look better. And we're going to turn a certain way. We're going to catch a certain light. We're going to do all these things to make our picture look better so that we don't have to talk about it. Or if we post a picture that's maybe not perfect, what's the first caption under the picture? Oh, ignore my nose. Oh, ignore the scar on my face. We're just going to throw those imperfections right out there. So I'm bringing this somewhere. So a lot (laughs) of times with what we do with social media is we highlight those perfections because we want to make other people look like the bad guy because either we reserve a little guilt or we reserve a little bit of frustration with how Mm. we know people are going to perceive us. Which leads me into our next topic of interracial relationships. Okay. I see so many, I've seen lately, and I'm not going to say every interracial couple does this because they don't, but I see sometimes a lot of interracial couples will post memes and such about their interracial couple to help them in their head validate it publicly because they know that in 2019, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are anti-interracial couples. So they'll post memes or they'll post, you know, like make up little posts about, you know, my perfect swirl relationship or, you know, don't hate and, you know, our love used to be a crime and all this, you know, this little stupid stuff that we shouldn't have to do anymore because they need that constant validation that they are okay. That is very true. Okay. So being in a interracial relationship myself, I can kind of see where everybody's coming with this. Okay. Because it's one of those things where unfortunately we are in 2019 and some people do have some old timey view, uh, view of it. It's like some people call it, you know, nasty or bad or whatever. I've had my fair shares of them, but 
at the same time, I look at it like this. If I'm dating somebody, I'm not dating this person because of what they look like. I'm dating this person because of what they bring to my life. Okay? My girlfriend is white, obviously. And she came into an, a moment in my... She came into a period of my time or in my life where I was... Uh, not in the greatest of spots. And she kind of shone a bright light into my life, right? So that's why I kind of fell in love with her. Now, mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. people been angry about our relationship? No, not not out loud. But I've seen the looks that I get from older people when I go out. And, you know, they kind of give us that look like, oh, I can't believe she, this pretty girl is dating that black guy. Or what are they doing together? You know what I mean? You see those things. And to me, it's just kind of like one of those... I. I Personally, I ignore them, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't care, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't post anything in my life or anything like that for validation because I don't look for validation. I know personally that I am dating the right chick, right? Because she came in a time where I was feeling, I was in a dark spot and she came in and she she literally, showed, she lit a candle and showed me all the possibilities that are out there. And that's when I knew, I was like, oh shit, okay, this chick is right for me. And it's, she mm -hmm. just so happens to be white. Okay, mm -hmm. but I've known many of my friends that are in the relation interracial relationships where the parents of that person um, they're dating, like uh, the the girl will be white, and then the, my friend will be black, obviously, and then the parents will be like, okay, if you continue to date this person, I'm going to disown you. So a lot mm -hmm. of my friends right now are in relationships where they are literally taking care of their girlfriends because their parents has disowned that girl, and it's just like. Yeah. yeah, has disowned them. And it's just like, whoa, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's like we're in 2019 and we're still going through this nonsense right now. So I, in a sense, it's like I get it because people have their old timey views, right? Because let's be real. A lot of you parents right now grew up in the 50s and 60s, right? That's when a lot of those, <laughs> that's when mm -hmm. a lot of those racial turmoils were happening. They're not too terribly old they're like maybe grandmas and grandpas right now right they're like in their 60s essentially mm -hmm. so it's like those those old ideals kind of continue to carry forward and it's like i don't understand it but at the same time it's just like i i don't know it, it to me it's just like i kind of try to ignore it uh so to speak so i can only speak from experience so for me i don't use it as a you know, as like one of those things, like I'm seeking validation. I just look at it as, okay, my girlfriend happens to be white and I'm happy. So fuck everybody else. But mm -hmm, I understand mm -hmm. why people kind of like post the things that they post because there was a time where it was illegal to date a black man or a black, you know what I mean? For a white man to date a black woman or a black man to date a white woman or vice versa. You know what I mean? <laughs> switch a gender, switch the race and whatnot. So I right. get it. I, and, and I get it because they want to, I, I guess it's their way of saying, look how far we've come. We can still overcome, but we have a long way to go. You know, you, you kind of see what I'm saying? I know I rambled for a long time, but I, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I, I have so much ideas about it. And it's like, I can never focus my attention to it. No, I understand what you're saying. It, it, okay, so the conversation is very, very hard to have. And let me, let me preface this by saying, before I say anything, oh. one, I have Hello? no, zero problem oh, no. with interracial <laughs> relationships. Two, I have been in interracial relationships. Uh, um, and three, my conversation 
I guess, or anything that I want to get ready to say. Okay, so... Oh, okay. Um, We're having a little technical difficulties right now, but essentially Mariah had asked us about interracial uh, relationships, and we're talking about... Uh, Do people in interrelation interrelation ah interracial relationships post things about their relationship for validation, or is because you know they're trying to seek something else? And so, <clears throat> I pretty much went on a little uh, rambling point to kind of um, hold on a second, but I kind of went on a rambling point saying that you know I'm in an interrelation interracial relationship with my girlfriend and so things has gone you know for us pretty smoothly but i do see the side eye and everything that people do uh give us and um now that we have mariah back we can get her uh, uh opinion, on, oh uh, her opinion <laughs> on the uh, matter so go ahead <laughs> i'm so sorry about that dear okay oh no you could. like you i could. was saying i want to go back <laughs> with my preface no problem with interracial relationships, been in interracial, uh, interracial relationships myself, and honestly, my views don't always project what I would personally do. So I wanted to get that out of the way before I say anything. <laughs> so here's the thing. There is a, there is a huge disparity of understanding why in a relationship, interracial relationships function the way that they do. And there's a big misunderstanding on everybody's part. And no one's ha collectively having a bigger conversation about how we all personally feel. Now, ooh, Lord have mercy. I don't even know where to start because anywhere I start, I'm going to have to come back around. So I'm going to start with the bigger problem, the bigger elephant in the room. Black women that have a problem with black men dating white women. I'll start there. I'll just go for the head. So it, when it comes to that, a lot of problem that black women have is that they feel slighted. They feel that black men, all black men, because one black man dated a white woman, all black men hate, all black women hate black women. So they use this one man, this one target in this one situation to say, oh, you've slighted all of us. You don't care about all of us. The problem I usually see that when it comes to successful black men that are choosing white women because they feel slighted to say, oh, we're not good enough to bring to the top. Now, there's a lot of issues there. There are historical issues there that I think that both black women and black men ignore when it comes to speaking sensitively about that topic. Because here's the thing, if you find somebody that you love, no matter what color they are, no matter what shade they are, it's beautiful, it's perfect. Um, and and I'm, I'm fine with that. But if you, for whatever reason, um, I'm sorry, losing my whole train of thoughts. So let me go back. So now when it comes to black women and the way that they feel about that, I mentioned about feeling slighted. I mentioned feeling about like they feel like they're outcast. And that is a historical thing. We were taught as black people for hundreds of years that the European ideal of beauty is perfection. We were also taught all the way up until slavery ended that we must 
protect and save the white woman. There are movies about it that were portrayed right after slavery. I forgot what that movie is called. Someone who's listening to this podcast knows what movie I'm talking about. But there was a movie (laughs) and they played this movie in the White House right after slavery, pretty much not that far after slavery ended. And it was the movie that brought the Ku Klux Klan to life. Oh, um... Shit, uh, you know what I'm talking or about. something like that. Yeah, hold no, on. not I'm hundred years a slave. It's something of a nation. It's birth. Of, birth of a nation. Birth? Yes, okay. Birth of a nation. There we go. So, birth of a nation portrayed in film the the value of white women over anything else, and protecting these white women against the big black bad black man was this big thing. So now you carry that into the beauty standard for hundreds of years has been a European perfection. So Mm -hmm. we're taught over and over black women, and this is where black men need to be sensitive to this. So I'm gonna talk about both sensitivities. We're taught from young girls that our hair is ugly, our skin is ugly, our lips are ugly, our butts are ugly, our hips are ugly, everything is too big, everything is too coarse, everything is too rough. There's nothing soft and beautiful and delicate about being a black woman. You're taught that through media. You're taught that through magazines. You're even taught that through your uh, your 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 friend Disney. He That's even portrays yep. that. So well, now, Disney was in it. I've known anti-Semite and a racist. So yeah. Well, there you go. That's another conversation. So you go through you go through your life feeling this, and then you become an adult woman, and you see everything that you hold dear. Because of course, as black women, the one thing we are taught as black women is how beautiful the black man is. Because our mothers do teach us that. They do teach us how beautiful black men are and how strong they are and how they're protectors and they're supposed to love us and cherish us and so on and so forth. And then you see in the media, all these black men dating these lighter skinned or non-black women. And then you're like, okay, well, where is my Prince Charming? Who is coming for me? So the aggression and the anger that the black man is getting when he decides to to be with a white woman comes from all of that. And unfortunately, brothers, you guys are not sensitive to that. And you don't take that into an account when we're having the conversation. Now, vice versa. Black women don't take into account something else. And this is part of how we were taught and how we were raised and part of how different cultures are taught and how we're raised. We're taught to be coarse. We're taught to be harsh. We're not taught to be sensitive. We're not taught to be genteel. We're not taught to be kind. Why? Because historically, we have to be the rock of the household. We have to be the strength of the household. So we're never given the opportunity when growing up to be the beautiful, delicate, lovely princess, not only from outside media, but from in, within our own households because we have so much to protect because all of society is coming down on our household. So now, because we're not trained to be these beautiful, delicate flowers that women of other cultures are trained to be, when a black man finds that softness, that delicateness, that loveliness that we're not taught to be, in another race, whether it be white, Spanish, Indian, whatever, he's drawn to that because it is nice. It is nice to be able to experience when you're when you're raised in a world of harshness and 
oh, you're a black man and you're gonna get arrested and you're a drug dealer and you're just a nigger and all of this other type of stuff. When you mm. find somebody that can make you forget all of that and take that away from you, that is appealing. That is attractive. And it's, and it's, there's, there's no wonder that a black man would be attracted to a woman that can give that to him. So on both sides, we lack sensitivity when we have that conversation. And so now there's a second degree. There is a negative degree to this because there is an epidemic of impoverished black men that specifically target and date white and Spanish women because they are more genteel and they are more susceptible to not put their foot down and they let them get away with a lot of BS. I, I know that you're not in one of that type of relationships because nope. I don't, I'm not going to, no, you're not that no. person. Nope. So I'm not in that there, relationship either. So. <laughs> right. So there is, there is a degree of black men that are on a more, um, I want to say middle class or lower middle class level that take advantage of these women. Yes. Because they're oh more detailed. Yep. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, so I know they take exactly what you're talking about. Of these young white women and young Spanish women for money, for resources, yep. because they will give in to them because they're culturally taught to be more genteel and softer. So yeah, that's another problem. <laughs> that's a separate yeah, that issue. Is, that oh my god, that's a whole other issue because here in West Virginia, I see that a lot because um, we have this. Uh, influx of uh dudes from detroit i believe that come down to west virginia and they okay for lack of a better term they come down here they hook up with these country girls and then they get impregnate them and then they just disappear that's literally what's the what's going on so i had a conversation with one of my uh fellow taxi drivers xavier and he was like kind of like finding out what like he was Finding it interesting, I should say, that a lot of these dudes are coming up from, excuse me, coming down from Detroit, hooking up with these white girls, and then just impregnating them. And as soon as they're pregnant, they just dip out and disappear because these girls don't know where they're from. And what Xavier was saying was like, maybe it's part of like the whole slavery thing where they feel like they're coming down here and they're, they're there's a piece of them that feels like, oh, okay, I'm going to come down here and this is for my ancestors. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm. I'm coming down here and doing this for my ancestors or, you know, like they feel like they're getting back at the white man or the white person for whatever reason, however you want to phrase it or whatever. And that that's what they're doing. And to me, it was just kind of like, I, I, I'm a philosophical person and I like to look at things at, and, and look at things. To me, I break it down to the simplest things. I look at it as... These guys had their fun. It's like, it's like, it's no different than any rich man that goes over to an exotic country, right? A rich white man goes over to an exotic country. What does he do? He has sex with the locals. He'll impregnate one of them. He's like, oh shit, I fucked up. And then left. And he'll leave, right? It's mm -hmm. no different than mm -hmm. what these guys are doing. So the same thing that these black folks or these black guys are doing. They're coming down here, right? They see these country girls. They're nice. They're sweet. They see that they'll take care of them. They'll bake them breakfast or make them breakfast in the morning that they'll go, to, you know, bend over backwards to kind of please them. And they're like, oh, shit, I don't have this back home because our girls back home are rough and tough and they're coarse. You know what I mean? They're like they, they, they're tough. And so mm -hmm. they like that. And so they come in, they have their fun. And then as soon as they fuck up by impregnating one of these girls, they disappear. 
Now, mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that I wasn't part of this group because I'm definitely not. No, my situation is right. completely different. But the way I look at it is, is like this. <clears throat> it, it's more or less, it's like, I don't think it's anything racial, realistically. I think it's just like, these guys think that these girls are easy. That's it. You see what I'm saying? Well, that is a I, racial I look at, thing. That, that well, is a racial thing because culturally, the, culturally, other races of women are 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 taught to be those things. We're not as a whole. I'm not going to say every black woman, but as a majority, black women are not taught those same American black women, not foreign black women. American black women are not taught those same um, nurturing skills that other races of women are taught because of because of, of our background and what we've had to be for our culture in order for our culture to survive. We're taught how to survive as young black women. We're not taught to be princesses. Okay, well, I don't know. Cause I, I, I don't know how I feel about that one because to okay. me, because like I'm Haitian by birth. Okay, so my nationality is Haitian. So it's like, mm-hmm. you said American black girls, but yes, I've seen American. American, I've seen many American black girls be soft and gentle and whatnot because they were born middle class and they were born in affluent areas, okay? So I, mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is, excuse me, what you're talking about is more or less in the socioeconomic stature of an individual more than ele- I, I think this is this is just my opinion it's more of a socio uh socioeconomical standpoint of an individual than the actual race of a woman right because it where do you see most of the coarse tough black girls you see them more in the ghettos right because that's what they call ratchet attitude or uh ghetto girls right because that's where you see them in the hood in the ghettos in the not necessarily because corporate black women are, are are referred to as bitter black women corporately. Not necessarily as, because as, as all ratchet. women. Because I see any woman who is in the corporate world that's like kind of tough and you know that's coarse like that. They're referred to as bitches. So and that's not sure. a race thing. That's mostly just like. You know, I mean, that's just the woman being a bitch. That's the general gender term for that. It's just you're just being a bitch. You know what I mean? So because now that's this is another topic for another day. But I think women have it tough in the corporate world to begin with because they have to do way more work than what a man does. And I've I had my I, I always had this opinion that, you know, they had the opportunities that just don't take them like men do. But now that I see my girl work through the corporate world, I'm just like, ooh. Okay, maybe my my viewpoints were kind of wrong on that one because they treat her like mm-hmm. shit too sometimes because she's a woman. They do. So it's not oh, yeah, like absolutely. it's not a so that's why I say it's not mostly a race thing. I think it's mostly a gender thing in that aspect. Well, then, now then when you break question. it down, okay. Why why is there why is there no other race called a bitter bitter woman? You don't hear the bitter woman term for any other race except for black women. No, you do. You do. You do. I've it's, never heard it's, bitter it's, Spanish women. I've never heard yes, bitter white women. I, I've never I've heard. heard. Um, it's, okay. It's a why. If I put bitter black woman on any social media right now, it'll send people up in arms. That's very true. Okay. The other, you the have other terms, that. the other races, if I put any other race in there, they would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That I'll give to you. 
That okay. I'll give to you. <laughs> okay. Because I will give you that. Because I've had heard a bitter white woman. I've heard a bitter uh, Spanish woman. I've heard um, bitter Italian woman. You know, or actually, you do hear it. Here's what, here's what it is. It's not bitter black woman, right? It's more or less, oh, she's a bitch. It's, diff- it's phrased differently. Okay, mm-hmm. so you do hear it. It's just in a different context. Okay, so how many times do you hear um, the phrase "Oh, she's a ball buster" for a white woman in the corporate in a in a uh, boss position? She's a ball buster. That means she's a bitch. Okay, right. or how many times? Oh, she has that Latin fieriness to her. When to, uh, speaking of a, a Spanish woman or a Latino chick in a, uh, a Hispanic or a Latin woman in a position of power, oh, well, she has that. It's that Latin that fiery fieriness attitude that yes. is also seen sexually as much as it's seen negatively. Yes, so, so there has that, next, yeah. uh, both sexual negative connotation and a business right. connotation, right? Because it, it, it equates to the term bitch of a woman essentially mm-hmm. or how many times have you seen um an asian woman it's like oh she's an asian woman <laughs> you know what i mean it's very dismissive when it comes to asian women you know what i mean oh she's just mm-hmm. asian you know what i mean so it, it, we right. do have it it's just that you don't hear it as a bitter black woman it's different it's it's disguised and masked differently in in other it races is. you but know what i mean so here's what you're doing as a man right now Okay. I'm going to have to attack you real quick. No, go ahead. I'll bring <laughs> what, what, what you're doing as, as a man right now is you're belittling a situation based on and, and, grouping, and grouping all women together, which okay. is a problem that women have too. We do okay. this to ourselves. Women need to understand that there is no other race on this planet that has been demeaned and abused worse than black women historically okay, good point. period okay. yeah so and... with that said there are certain there are certain things that black women have had to struggle with that other races just will never fully not <clears throat> as a portion <clears throat> excuse me but will never fully experience okay uh all right i don't Okay, so maybe, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I don't really realize that I'm doing it, but I wasn't you trying don't. to. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to dismiss or demean. I know. Um, you know what I mean. So I was just trying to kind of shed light in that it's not just bitter black women. It's <clears> like <throat> mainly it's disguises other things as well. So I think it's all women that feels this way in in every corporate <clears throat> business world. But because that's... I know for a fact that my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it, I've heard it a couple of times where she's a ball buster. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, and I'm oh. not saying that she's not, but this is yeah, the yeah, yeah. argument to why, <clears throat> this is why it's hard to find black women that will call themselves a feminist. Gotcha. Because the feminist movement does not acknowledge different degrees the black of the different struggles of black, black women versus... Okay, that I'll agree. Yep. I will wholeheartedly right. agree with you with that one. Okay, fair enough. But I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here and just saying that, Please. you know, yeah, it, it's just like I, I feel that in the, in groups, in grouping terms, women in general have a hard time being in positions of power. Personally. 
That I, I will agree with 100%. Now, I've seen that one because I, my girlfriend's experienced it. My sister experiences it. Um, and she's Agreed. a black woman. And she's in a position of power at her work. And they call her, you know, she's a bitter black woman. And I hear it. You know what I mean? And my other sister is climbing up the social ladder of her job. And I hear it when she tells me the same thing. So I hear it. But I hear it in different contexts. Because I have my white friends. That my white female friends that'll climb up the corporate ladder and they'll get called this as well. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I have my black female friends that'll get called the bitter black woman. So I see mm -hmm. it on both ends. Now, here's where I, that I'll agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, mm -hmm. with the whole sexual, like, de degradation and the history of things, I completely agree with you with what, what black women go through in America. I, I, they are the most put down race ever. They, Taught, they're taught not to love themselves. They're taught not to love their hair. They're taught not to love their butt cheeks, which no offense to no white woman out there, but I think black women have the best asses in the world, and I'm an ass man. <laughs> I, I, We're going to ignore sorry. that comment. I don't care. I My girl knows this. I, I think black women have the best asses in the world, personally, okay? But I'm just saying. Yeah, and that's just you know that's just my little chauvinistic co uh, side coming out. I'm sorry, that's okay. but it's true. I love it. You know what I mean? It's true. I embrace my chauvinistic side, but I understand that <laughs> black women have. <laughs> I love it. I'm just <laughs> letting you finish. I love it. Nah, nah, it's all good though. But I understand that black women have their traumas that they went through in life, as so as well as the black man. But I'm just saying, to me, it's just like. <sighs> I'm losing my train of thought as well, but I, I just feel like okay. to me, it, it's just like, I think that we can go past it. It's just like, I think all women have an issue with sexual uh, misconduct in this world. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's just Agreed. like, I, I totally agree with you that black women have it worse. It's just that, it, I don't know. I, I just think that it's just not, no, you it's think, not just you like, feel... you know. When it comes to, and I, and I, I will, I'm going to speak for you because I know this mm -hmm. is the way that you feel. You feel that it is right. petty that in 2019, that we still have an issue in a discourse with interracial relationships. Yeah, I do but feel the that. the reason personally. that we yes. have that, yes, but the reason that we have that is because we have not resolved the underlying issues. There and you what go. both okay. sides need to do is to be more sensitive to the reasons why. Now, here's the kicker. Okay. Most black women don't understand that that's really what they're feeling. That it, it, gotcha. it, that it that they don't realize that they're emotionally scarred. They don't realize that it's hurting them. They just think like, oh, he thinks he's better now because he has a white woman. They don't even put together in their head that it is more than just he's with a white woman. It's that I am hurt. I feel scarred. I feel like I've protected you as a black man my whole life and you've given me nothing. She's putting this emotional stress and this pain of, I'm not exaggerating, of 400 years onto one situation. And she doesn't even know that she's doing it. Gotcha. Okay. And that, that I, okay. is a problem. That is a serious problem that we need to address the mental health of black people in general, yes. male and yes. female, before mm -hmm. we can progress and do anything else. So now we have a mental health issue that our black women are dealing with. We also have a mental health issue that our black men are dealing with. 
And nobody they wants have, to talk about it. And okay. nobody wants to talk about the mental health issue. We just want to attack each other. Gotcha. Because okay. Now I'm you on black the same men, page. you're not wrong. Right. And I was getting there. I promise you. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. So black men, nobody's saying that you're wrong. Well, they are saying you're wrong. But theoretically, you're not wrong for loving somebody that can find the compassion and find the genteelness in this world for you. That is a that you've tapped black men have tapped that that marry white women and that are with white women tap into something that black women don't tap into we don't tap into that we don't tap and there are a few that have and they've all married very successful white men it's rare that you'll ever see a black woman with an unsuccessful white man as where you see unsuccessful black men with unsuccessful white women, but you will never see a black, a successful black woman with an unsuccessful white man. Just won't happen. Well, okay, that is very true. The reason being, because those women usually have tapped into that therapy part of their brain that they need to get some healing from, and they're seeing the security, the freedom from their own racial issues that they can have in that relationship that is not of their race because we we continuously beat each other up because of our race and because we've gone through throughout history within our own communities we we still beat each other up because of skin color very true we beat each other up based light skin over dark skin that's also true yeah we're still attacking each other over something that basic and to be able to be in a relationship where you can just be this beautiful woman and not be this beautiful black woman, not be this beautiful dark skinned woman, but be able to be in a relationship with someone that just says you exist perfectly as you are. That's a big fucking deal. And no one talks about that at all. How healing nope. that can be for somebody. And that's that what, very true. That's what black men are doing when they are with someone of a different race. And you guys don't even know that that's what you're doing. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, totally. I will totally give you that because I don't really think about it that way because when I'm with my girlfriend, I just look at it as... (laughs) When I'm with my girl, I just look at it as, okay, this chick likes me for who I am. She accepts my uh, flaws and she accepts my past, right? And so, therefore, it's like for me and her, it's just happy-go-lucky. I never really thought about it anything other than that but when you say that maybe you know maybe maybe i am okay comfortable with like you know with my past it's like oh shit okay maybe i am i never really thought about it that way because it's like now what like because i made a podcast and i released it about the death of nissy hustle it's like we as black people need to do better (laughs) because it always takes a the death of a great leader in our community for us to kind of quote unquote band together for like you know, a two days and then we go back to, you know what I mean? We got like a two day maximum period, a 48 hour period where we'll be friendly, nice to each other. And then it goes back to, oh shit, your colors are red and my colors are blue. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Uh, And that to me is just kind of nonsensical, but I don't play along with those nonsense. I look at it as I'm a human being on this earth because that's how my mom raised me. I'm a human being on this earth and I have my flaws. And she always told me, date somebody that accepts for who you are as a human being. And here's my girlfriend who 
dates me and accepts me for who I am as a human being. Not whether I'm black, white, or whatever. It's just that I'm a human being in her eyes. And my past doesn't matter. She just cares about my present and my future. Can Are we good right now? And can we get better in the future? That's her two mm-hmm. biggest concerns. You know what I mean? So that's how I look at it. I never really looked at it as, oh shit, there's this history of trauma we have to overcome to kind of get to a point where we are okay as people so where we can go date each other, even in a in a racial interracial relationship. I never thought about it that way until you brought that up today. And that kind of now I'm going to be dwelling on that thought process a little bit. I'm like, "Oh shit, maybe we well, can." I don't want you to dwell on it because no, I No, no, it's not going to be a dwell. It's just going to be Right. It's it's I'm not saying it for people to dwell on it and I'm not saying it for anybody to, you know, take it for face value and just say, Got "Oh, you. Ryan, what are you saying? I'm not strong enough as a human being." Yes, but one thing that black people, I'm, I gotta be, I'm sorry. It, it, I'm hey, sorry. be honest. Yeah. It, yes, I, I, but at the same time, what I do want people to start realizing, especially black men and women, we need mm-hmm. to face some serious psychological trauma that we walk around with. Yes. It is traumatic being a black yes. person. Yes. I, let me tell you something, real, real funny. And I posted it on Facebook today. I, posted on Facebook today, I was like, I want to apologize because I live in the Lehigh Valley area in Pennsylvania. I was like, let me apologize to all the Lehigh Valley police. Because for some (laughs) reason, I look like a drug dealer. And you guys have been, I've been, I I can't even tell you. Since I started, um, my sister gifted me her car. Yeah. And she drives a, she had a 2000, I think 13 or 14 Cadillac CTS. It's cream white with a cream interior, dark tinted windows because she's from Brooklyn too. And it's, you know, it's a caddy, right? Now, mind you, I am a six foot tall, light skinned black woman. I have a short buzz cut. I get a Caesar with a fade every time I go get my hair cut because I'm from Brooklyn too. So if I'm going to have a short haircut, I'm going to have waves. Um, So I'm wearing my short haircut. I usually wear on my off days, I'll wear, you know, studs in my earrings and my ears. Um, I usually wear a sweatsuit because it's my off day and I don't feel like being totally cute. I've got Jordans on, a gold chain, <laughs> and I'm in yeah. a dark tinted caddy. So yep. what does okay. every cop in freaking Pennsylvania think? Drug dealer. They think I'm a drug dealer. And if I sit low enough, you can't immediately tell with the tinted windows if I'm a girl or a boy. So you might mm. think that I am a black man driving around Pennsylvania at whatever hour of the day or night in a tinted window Cadillac. What is she doing? Or what is he doing? Because they might think I'm a he. So I have been pulled over or followed by the cops probably 10 times in the past month. Mm, okay. A combination thereof. I've been pulled over three times and I've been followed by the police the remainder. Yeah. Different times of day is different times of night. So my little one little experience I'm giving you, that is traumatic. Because now True. every time I get in the car, I'm looking over my shoulder. Which is mm. natural because you feel like you're being followed, right? If you've True. been followed by someone enough times, no matter what the situation is, no matter how it is, you've been followed one too many times, you start to look over your shoulder every time. Now, yep. being a black person is that traumatic feeling of someone's watching me, someone's looking at me because I'm black, 
day in and day out. We have been mentally abused for centuries. And the mental abuse is passed down generation to generation. And it spills over into our relationships, our friendships, our families, our everything else. So when I'm saying basically, exactly. So we can have a whole other podcast on that. But going back to interracial relationships, that pain, that hurt, and that trauma goes into when we discuss interracial relationships. And we all need to heal from that trauma before we can actually have a real conversation about it. And I totally agree with you on that one because now I have like a better perspective of where you're coming from. And when you said that, that we do actually come down from... (laughs) <laughs> well, that's really good though. Like you really ex- described that and explained it in a beautiful manner because me personally, I've never really thought about that. I mean, okay, I'm not going to lie. I did think about it, but I've never made it the focal point. You know what I mean? It's like it's just True. one of those things where it's just like, oh, okay, black people has been through some shit. Okay, that's why we acting the way we do. And then that's it. And I'm dismissive of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so pretty much mm-hmm. like what everybody else does is just like you hear about the trauma and then you're just kind of like, oh, okay, you dismiss it. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. like, I hate to say it, but there's a point in life where you just kind of like, you go, well, we need to get over it. You know what I mean? But the problem is, how do we get over it when, you know, the same traumas keep reoccurring day in and, you know, day in and day out and whatnot. And when you're talking about trauma, um, I know everybody right now has heard the new uh, J. Cole song, Middle Child. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a uh, line in the verse where he goes, we coming from a long bloodline of trauma. We raised by our mamas. Lord, we got to heal. We hurting our sisters, our babies as well. We killing our brothers. They poisoned the well distorted self image. We set up to fail. And that really encapsulated everything you pretty much just said in the Mm -hmm. past two and a half minutes of your description of what was going on, (laughs) because (laughs) it really is, though, We, we do come from a long line of trauma from slavery to Jim Crow, to, you know what I mean? And even the effects, segregation, what segregation is Jim Crow, to a mass incarceration right now, where literally we have a bunch of our brothers and sisters in jail right now for what white folks in Colorado are getting wealthy off of right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we do have this long line of trauma that we're going to, and how do we heal? We don't know how to heal. We don't. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. We, like, talk about it. We, like, we'll we'll, we'll kind of, like, like, we'll, we'll, like, mention it in passing. Like, what I did. You know what I mean? Because I kind of dismiss... Like, I'm not going to lie. I dismiss it at first. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was kind of, like, playing the devil's advocate. It's like, oh, you know, like, not just black women. Just white women, too. Get You know, it's just different ways. And then I was just like, oh, shit. I'm doing what everybody else is doing. I'm dismissing it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh... Now I see how easy it is to perpetuate the cycle. So once you get that in your brain and it's like, okay, so now we got to heal. And once we heal, we'll treat our, then maybe (laughs) hopefully our relationships will get better. Right. And I want, I wish people would do what you just did because what you just did is the key to healing. Yeah. Well, I'm different than most people. (laughs) This is true. But what you just did is you took a step back and you said to yourself, okay, Someone just said that I am, that I'm not seeing the full picture. Someone said that I'm attacking the situation. Someone said that I'm not looking at it for a whole. So hold on, let me stop. 
Well, let me yeah. get some more information before I evaluate and 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 say how I feel. It, that that right there is the key to solving a lot of our problems with race, a lot of our problems with gender, is that we're not taking the time to listen to each other and actually evaluate what the other person is saying. So, yes, okay. So we have this thing called, I guess it's called microaggressions. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. everybody does. And then, you know, white people especially will get offended and say, I'm not racist. Like, I have black friends. I'm not racist. Oh, yeah. But you don't <laughs> That's a very that popular quote amongst right. the white community. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's like, but you're not realizing that I'm not attacking you really and saying specifically that I feel like you're a Ku Klux Klan. But I am saying that your thinking is fucking off. Yeah. It's, it's off. Yeah. And yeah. you're not seeing the full picture. And if you would take a minute and step back and listen to the fact that I just said that something that you feel or something that you said hurt my feelings, then we could move the fuck on. Well, that is true. But, you know, like what we'd mentioned before in this uh, in this podcast is that what pride cometh before the fall. And Amen. that really you could sprinkle that quote all over this little segment of the podcast because that mm -hmm. is the truth. Because you can tell anybody what they want, but their pride won't let them see the truth. You know what Absolute I mean? Like, truth. I just literally, I, I, like, I was able to take a step back and be like, okay, what is she trying to say here? Oh, shit. Okay, she's making some sense here. Maybe, you know, if I look at this this way, oh, crap, I was doing that. You know what I mean? If everybody would to do that, right. we would be because better off. But people don't do that. We kind of no, like we're don't. too prideful because it's like, oh, well, I'm like the first thing people do is become defensive, right? It's like, yes. oh, I'm not racist. No, 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 that can't be me. I'm not racist. I got many black friends. It's like, well, bro, I'm not saying you're racist. I'm just saying what you just said is kind of like per per perpetrating what racism racism stands for. Racism is right. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, the same thing with how white people don't know a lot of times that they are being, they are saying racist things. A lot of times men don't know that they are saying sexist things. Men True. don't know that they're leaving us out in a conversation or that they're mansplaining or that they're doing certain, they don't know. They have no clue. Because if your habit is to do something a certain way your entire life, when someone tells you that it's wrong as an adult, you're like, what the fuck do you mean? You know what I mean? Yep. I've been doing this the same way forever. And it's always been that way with racism. But white people, white people have been racist since the beginning of time. They don't know when they're being racist. They have no True. fucking clue because it's so normal. True. It's so freaking normalized. Now, to play devil's advocate, black people have the same aspect, uh, have the same attitude and the same agendas as well. Like, they don't know when they're being racist towards white people as well. So, you know, we have they to look at both sides of the coin. Actually, I think black people do. They, I think that we do. I think that we are very conscious when we are talking bad about white people. I think that we are very <laughs> conscious. I, I am not giving any black person an excuse. We've been through too much psychological trauma in this country to you're right. fake hating white you're people. Right. You you right. All right. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're, right. we're not. <laughs> we're, we're, not. We we're doing it on purpose. You right. We're doing right. it on purpose. <laughs> well, not <laughs> us per se, point. but black folks are doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. No, black people that, that have something against white people. Oh, they, they're doing it on purpose. They're doing it on purpose. It, they, okay. There's no accident. 
Yeah, I, okay. I thought okay. I thought I was the only person that I was trying you're to so tiptoe cute. that line for. I was trying to tiptoe that line for a minute, but, but that you're was right. So cute. You. <laughs> I appreciate you for that. You were trying to give us a pass. No, 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 no. I, no. Hey, no. Nah, I, hey, I love my black people, but at the same time, you know, we gotta do better too. So I'll be critical. It, yeah. Because yeah, with we, love comes critique. <laughs> true, with love comes critique, and and we have to again, we have to. Now here's another problem, and I, this kind of touches on why interracial relationships with white women are so hard. Is again going back to the whole feminism thing that I mentioned earlier. Okay. White women and black women, we got a lot of work to do. We yeah, yeah, I do. We we still don't like each other. And the okay. messed um, up part. What do you mean though? Like, what do you mean we, you don't we, like each other? We, we don't like each other because white women unconsciously still ignore us because they've been trained to for centuries to ignore us. And they still think that we have the same exact problems, kind of the way that you just said earlier. So okay. they don't realize that our problems <clears throat> lie way deeper than theirs. So gotcha. they ignore the bigger agenda. Now, yeah. the surface way that feminism ignores the bigger agenda is like simple as the feminist agenda, the Me Too movement doesn't show up for Black Lives Matter. They don't show up when, you know, young black women or young black men are being killed in the streets, but they expect us to be there for them because all women need to unite together. So it's something as simple as that, right? Yeah, you're right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Now again, that goes back to the conversation of how we've been taught as a society to view black women and how we've been taught that coarse hair, dark skin, big butts, big lips are ugly. Mm, True. But now flip it because now all those things are seen as cool as long as they're on a white woman. Because again, yeah, yep, yep, you're still, right. Because isn't Kendall right. Jenner right now like rocking all the black trends right. like cornrows and you know right. the big lips and the big booty? She just got butt injections to get her ass fat right. and all this other nonsense. Yep, and so again in that song, doing, Middle Child. <laughs> there you, you go. Did you see the video? Uh, the video actually no. even shows like when that white girl walks into the cabin and she sees the black girl with the baby hairs, and then all of a sudden you see the next cut scene. It's towards the end of the video, um, mm-hmm. where he like his last stanza is where like you see the white girl walks into the uh, cabin with her boyfriend who's black, and she sees the black chick in the cabin chilling with her boyfriend, and she has the baby hairs. You know how black people have the baby hairs when they mm-hmm. do their hair, quote unquote. The mm-hmm. white girl saw that, and then she's like, oh, shit, I need to have that. And the, next, the very next scene that you see after that, she's in the supermarket buying black accessories, like the black face, the black mm-hmm. hair. You know what I mean? Like, you see the whole grocery line that has the black hair, the butt, the face, the lips, and everything right. like that. And you're just like, oh, right. shit. So, yeah. But all those things, but then you have to ask yourself, and you sit by, why can a black woman do all those things and it's ugly? But then a white woman does all those things and it's perfection because that goes back to what we've perpetuated over the centuries that the European standard of beauty standard is of beauty. always better. Mm-hmm. Good point. Is yeah, always that's a better. Good point. So we still, we're not getting along because when it comes down to stuff like that, 
who's, we're sitting there saying, you're robbing our culture. You're not even giving us credit for our culture, but you want us to support you when it comes to things like feminism? Yeah, Why that's should true. I support you? Why should I support your cause? Why should I be there for you if you don't support me when I'm down? If you don't stop taking so my culture? How come you're not standing up for me when I'm saying that you getting butt implants hurts my feelings because you've told me for 500 years that my butt was ugly? True. And then now so you see Kim not... Kardashian with the big right. butt and the butt injections. And now Black China gets her butt injection. I can't believe I know all these bitches, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. for you. Yeah. I, I apologize. I apologize for my damn self. <laughs> but it's but the absolute still, truth. But it is and, the truth, and, and something that white women need to understand instead of, again, being so defensive is to sit back and say, how would you feel? How would you feel if... I rocked a blonde wig all the time, and people told you that your blonde hair was ugly. Mm, true. Nobody does that. No one says blonde hair on white women is ugly. Everything no. that you see that is glorified to be angelic has blonde hair and blue yeah, eyes. Blue eyes. On it. Very true. Right. Even Jesus got blonde hair, blue eyes. Thank you. <laughs> so that scene is being beautiful. So when I rock a blonde hair weave, I'm just trying to be white. Yeah, but nobody yep. nobody turns around and says Kim Kardashian or her sisters are trying to be black. We're laughed oh, actually, at as black. Well, black women say it, but yeah, yeah, we're yeah. laughed at. No yes, one is supporting yes. us. Very true. And then um, it's it's uh, it's viewed as it's viewed as it's a um, it's a uh, oh shit. What's the word I'm looking for? It's appropriate, right? It's viewed it's as like it's okay. Yeah, it's right, like right, cultural right, appropriation. Right. You know, what right. I mean? because, cultural like, appropriation like, is okay. Yeah. Yeah, in that terms. But then when uh, black girls are rocking blonde wigs, then it's just like, oh, you're trying to be white and all this and that. Right. Fifteen, and it's like you know, it's frowned upon. But then when the Kardashians got the big butts, the big lips, the dark hair, oh, it's gorgeous. And, you know, trying to they're look beautiful. Trying to no, no, they're not. I'm sorry to say this, but no, they're not. but uh, sarcasm. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. But <laughs> but. Uh, but when they do it, though, it's like it's not nobody gives them any grief or anything like that. And then the black women that no. do said like they're culturally appropriating our style. Those women are being laughed at and be like, oh, you're just jealous because you're not as famous as the Kardashians. Right. You know, what I mean? right, then, it's a, right. then it's a jealousy thing. Yeah. So what do you think that trauma does to a black woman? Very so true. Now, so it does. So it does diminish your sexual you, market value. It does. So now when we see you. A black man with a white woman, how do you think we feel? Okay, I can see we, you like being, you know, I, I can understand now that you feel a certain type of way, but at the I'm same time. I'm not saying time, I do. Let me reiterate. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I'm not, not saying you do. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I can see whole. why black women feel a certain yes. type. Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I can see why black women feel a certain type of way when they see a black man with a white woman. I see it, the historical perspective, the um, trauma, the, you know, uh, shit, the negative connotations that is applied to it. I get to, I, I see that and everything. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I think it's, you know, it's about time that black women kind of like look at it and be like, you know what? It is time for us to take control of the <clears throat> reins and, you know, set the standards ourselves a little bit here. You know what I mean? Like at the same Agreed, time, like, yeah, we can talk can about. How can you do that if you've been mentally abused for so long? Well, and you don't that is very know true that too. you've got mental abuse. You don't well, know you... that you're, you've been put through trauma. How many black people do you know will that admit that they go through trauma every day? 
Mm, not much, but yeah, well, yeah, I'll pause too. Uh, I'll wait too, but still, not many. But I can still see, like, you know, it, it is still upon us because I'm looking at this as a selfish way, right? Because this is why mm-hmm. I look at it in a selfish manner. Because I've dealt with depression and mental, some sort of mental illness in my life. And the way mm-hmm. I got over it is because I was able to become introspective, right? I looked at myself, I, I looked at myself interpersonally and be like, okay, what is going on in my life that is causing me to feel this way? And I was able to pinpoint my issues. And so mm-hmm. because I look at myself and be like, okay, I can pinpoint my issues at A, B, C, D, E. I look at it as everybody else should be able to pinpoint their issues as A, B, C, D, E as well. And no. so I think on a global scale, my thinking is the, the dominant thinking, right? It's mm-hmm. like everybody's like, okay, so we overcame this racial in, you know, inequality. We've, uh, we've overcome this racial blah, blah, blah. We've experienced by focusing on ourselves and we rose ourselves from the, you know, we strapped us. I hate to say this, uh, phrase because it's the dumbest phrase ever but we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and we made it we made something of ourselves you know what i mean mm-hmm. i hate that phrase like a motherfucker but mm-hmm. it fits in this <laughs> it fits in this I conversation so when i was able to do that i look at it everybody else is like why can't you do that? <clears throat> you know what i mean because it's the same thing like when you are talking like go back to talking about dealing with depression everyone's mental illness is not the same everyone's depression is not the same so you can't tell two people with similar depression needs to deal with depression the same exact way. It's just not gonna work. And it's the same thing with with racial trauma. If you're not educated on the racial trauma that you have, one, you don't know you have it, and two, you don't know that you need to deal with it. So how can you even deal with something that you know you don't have, like cancer? If you don't know you have cancer, how can you treat it? Well, you'll start to realize that, like, you know, your health starts to deteriorate in a little bit. Right. But when is cancer easiest to treat? If you detect in the early it stages. early. Right. In the earliest stages, If yeah. you're not detecting your, um, if you're not detecting your, your racial trauma and your emotional and, 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 and uh, your mental abuse that you've been put through by society from an early age, you're not going to be able to fix it in your later years. Or it's going to be harder. I'll say you're not going to be able to fix it. It is going to be harder. And I have the same resolve that you do. The same exact resolve that you do. I I would go through my, you know, my depressive stages and I've gone through all of my stuff and I pulled myself out of it. It it was hard, but I pulled myself out of it. But not everybody has the same resolve that me and you do. That's very true too. So not not that that many people can self-reflect. Self-reflection is hard. Oh my God! Yeah, you have to look at that demon in the mirror and be like, "Okay, fuck you." You know what I mean? <laughs> and that is the worst thing that, like, I remember I had a, uh, I have another podcast out there talking about like how do we, we're we are our own worst monsters, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't want to admit that, but we are our own worst monsters. Um, and in order to become the better person that you think you can become, you have to look at yourself, face that monster, and be like, "I can do better." And you have to look right. at that monster and defeat that monster. And nobody wants to do that because that's a scary thing. You have they to look don't. at that demon in the eye and be like, fuck you. I'm I'm in control of my life, not you. And most people don't have that kind of resolve to go and dig deep and look at that demon like that. They really don't. And it's, and it's, it's scary really, shit. <laughs> but it, and it is scary shit. But at the end of the day, you know what that all ties back into? That all ties back into why we struggle so much with relationships. 
because we're not willing to fix ourselves. We're not willing to, let's take race out of it. Let's take the internet out of it. Let's take everything away and let's strip it down to the bare bones of being in a relationship with another person, whether it be a physical or just um, a friendship or whether it be with your family, whether it be in work. We're not willing to assess ourselves and we're not willing to ever look at us and see what is holding us back from being the best person we can be for someone else or for something else. You know what? That is the best. You know what? I'm just going to say that is the best fucking thing I've ever heard all night. (laughs) That is the absolute truth. Because I have preached that for the longest time. It's like we, in order to be good for somebody else, we have to be good with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror. We have to look at that demon and be like, F you. I am me. This is who I am. This is what I want to do with my life. This is what who I want to be. And we have to fight and, you know, tell ourselves that this is who we are. We're not willing to do that. We're willing to, We're like, not. accept this lie and built this like construct of like so, through social media that we're this perfect being when we're really not. We're we're flawed individuals. We're we're human beings that with like huge flaws. You know what I mean? So like you have to be able to look at yourself and be like, okay, I'm not perfect. Why am I not perfect? How can I be better? And nobody wants to do that because you know why? It takes a lot of fucking work and it, it takes does. a lot of looking in the mirror. And in that mirror, you're going to see some reflections that you do not want to see because it's not you. And then the reality of it is, it is you. You have to come to terms with that, see that ugly being, destroy it, and then you can start building the pretty little picture that you want to build for somebody else. So to make this all wrap up in a pretty little bow, it's like the reasons why we suck at relationships is because we suck as individuals. (laughs) Period. that's really what it falls down to like it's not the relationship it's not social media it's not our upbringing it's not anything else we just suck as being ourselves when we can stop sucking at being our worst selves and we can be better people for ourselves then everything else just kind of fucking falls into place Hey, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Just stop being an asshole. Like, stop being an asshole. Even though being an asshole can be fun. But stop being an asshole. Like, stop (laughs) being mean. Stop being selfish. Stop being prideful. Stop all these negative things. Like, and stop getting into a relationship for what you want. There's a difference between going into something for what you want and what you want to get out of it. It's the same thing like for going to school, like going like going to school to get a degree for something else. Like, of course, the end game may be I want to be a doctor, yep. but it isn't the process of going to school more about the journey to get there. Like any end result is usually about the journey that you took and the steps that you took because you love it more and you care about it more because of the journey that you went through. If someone just handed you a, a medal tomorrow or a diploma tomorrow and said, oh, you're a doctor. Are you really a doctor? <laughs> right, like, are you really? <laughs> no, you're not. Because you didn't go right. through the bullshit that you needed to go through. And, right. you know, it, you, 
I just lost my train of thought. Fuck. I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You good? You good? You good? You good? No, nah, it's not you. It's just I had it and then it just escaped me because I looked at something. But <laughs> I'm like <laughs> that ADD. Yep, exactly. Like squirrel. Like oh, squirrel. Shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but nah. It, it, the reason why, like, to just kind of like sum all of this up, the reason why relationships we have this nostalgic view of relationships, I guess you could say, is that mm-hmm. back then they actually talked about what they wanted out of a relationship. Now we don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because we have like a, like we have an a la carte uh, type, you know, we have an a la carte type relationship building block, I guess you could say, because we have Tinder, we have Bumbler, we have um, uh, POF, we have, you know, Match.com and eHarmony and all these other dating websites where you literally type in what you're looking for, who you are as an individual, and it's not even the real you, it's like the the imagined version of you, and then mm-hmm. you try to find somebody that's like just as perfect, quote-unquote, as you are, when realistically, we're flawed individuals with f- major flaws in relationships, and we need to understand that going into the relationship. Once we understand that we're flawed and we're not perfect, then I think, you know, we can have better relationships with one and you know we could have more meaning and you know fulfilling relationships but with technology it doesn't allow for that it it, it right. gives us instant gratification we got that instagram couples like oh look at us follow me into the sunset looking over this mountain view of you know mount pocono some bullshit bumfucker somewhere in egypt you know what i'm saying so <laughs> we we can create the quote unquote perfect relationship that we're looking for and not live it and that's the problem we have with um, with uh, technology these days, that we can literally mm-hmm. legitimately create a perfect relationship. And even now with like the advancement of VR, virtual reality, we can literally create our perfect partner and yeah. like go into this virtual reality and spend time with our partner. That's fucking yeah. nuts. <laughs> so yeah. with all of that creation of perfection, that is, I think that is one of the reasons why we downfall as human beings when we can't find a uh, perfect, you know, person to be, well, when we can't make our relationships work because we have the aspiration of perfection. So we chase that instead of realizing that we're not perfect and we are chasing perfection. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> love it. with that. <laughs> with that being said we're gonna bring this bitch to a wrap because we are well over the time we're oh two and gosh. a half hours yeah we, we literally spoke for two hours and 28 minutes which is amazing in my opinion but it was the best two hours and 28 minutes of my life and i really Mine learned a lot too. so hopefully you guys will you know endure <laughs> this two hour <clears throat> two and a half hour conversation of ours and um kind of give us a feedback like hit us up on uh Hit us up on the email at GOTR guys at the round table at gmail.com. Hit us up there on that email. If you have any questions, comments, or anything you want to say, hit us up on the Facebook on um, guys at the round table on Facebook.com. Um, I know Mariah has her own podcast called Pause. I do. And so it's I'm going to let her plug podcast. her thing in. Yeah, it's Pause Podcast. I'm on SoundCloud. And then I also am on Twitter at Pause Podcast. Um, and it's just like pause, like the button on your radio, P-A-U-S-E. If you guys have any questions or any concerns, want to drop a comment, you know, want to give us some more topics to discuss because I am coming back to my very good friend podcast. <laughs> I don't care what he says. He's not getting written. So if there's anything you want us to talk about, if you want to address anything that we spoke about today, 
please go and comment on right on Twitter and I'll, I'll see it right away. Right on. And then that's pause podcast at pause podcast on Twitter, right? Yes. Okay. And then you could also hit up at GOTR podcast on Twitter as well. And, uh, hit us up on email. You guys at around table at gmail.com. Uh, do you got, do you have an email so far? No, I don't have an email. If everybody okay, could do want... Twitter, that would be great for now. But I will get you guys right. an email. I'm so right just on. starting out now. <laughs> right <laughs> on. She is very, she's brand new. And uh, new. like I said earlier, uh, my cousin Alan has brought her to my attention. And I talked to her from day one. We vibe very well. And I, hopefully you can feel out the vibe in this podcast because I think we gelled very well. And it was like, you know, it was a good back and forth. She got her female perspective out there. I got my male perspective out there. We had perspective on race and everything like that. And we tried to play the devil's advocate on everything. And he so, tried. you know, he tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> I learned one thing about like the woman is always right. Just say, just oh, shut up and say it. yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't no, just shut up always. and say yes. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, I will give you my peace of mind. Trust me. My girlfriend will let you know. I will give you my peace of mind. But. Please do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it, like it, and uh, comment on it, and uh, share it on with your friends. But uh, she will definitely be back on this podcast because I really had a good time. And so, thanks for listening, and uh, peace. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Nope. Bye. <laughs> That's all for today's show. Join us next week as we once again take a seat at the table. Thanks for listening.